This is Mick Gray of DC Comics. You're listening to the Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics. People talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have Fandro the Fierce with CBS. I like how he wasn't the big one. That's good. Awesome. I'm the one that looks like Green Arrow. That's great. We're also having Hogan the Grim with Josh. Hogan the Grim? I don't even know what that is. Can't even make any funny comments. He has a killer mustache. He does. A Fu Manchu mustache. That's true. He's the envy of most Vikings. I twist it like Doc Holliday. I'll be your Huckleberry. That doesn't connect at all. Go on. And then rounding up the three with the mighty Volstag. My my great voluptuousness just crushes horses. Why you shouldn't ride them. That is a mighty horse to carry Volstag into battle. The mightiest of horses. Send that thing straight to the glue factory. The mightiest of horses is the what? The Volstag? Volstag's horse is the mightiest of steeds. Is that the one that they had in the 13th Warrior with Antonio Banderas? That's real life. Sure. That's real life. Those, no. those horses were incredibly like no, it's, large. It's, the, the movie's not real life. No, but those horse. Oh my god! There's no way the guy from Los Bandoleros showed up in Viking times Los, to hang out. Los Bandoleros, Antonio Banderas. I think yeah. you're meaning El Mariachi. El Mariachi. No, he wasn't in that one. He was <laughs> yeah, in the second one. Oh, he was in. Uh, yeah, Desperado. Desperado. There you go. And then Once Upon a Time in Mexico. That's well, the third one, right? Yeah. yeah. But El Mariachi was not him. However, it was the same character. I'm pretty sure. Well, the horses bred for the 13th Warrior were the horses based off of... Falstag's yep, horse? They were, and they're extra... They're, like, bigger than Clydesdale's specific... Like, they're massive, giant horses. I, I don't really know that for sure. I, the, Falstag is just a very heavy Asgardian, and they make fun of his weight all the time. Well, Asgardian, Vikings, those things go together. That's true. I mean, he's part of the Warriors 3. He was a part of the Nordic mythos. You know what he likes to do? likes to party and be the War Thor. That's what he likes. He does now, yeah. I would like anybody to fact-check us and, like, email us and be like, tell us how they feel, because I don't care how you feel, but still email us and tell you how That's you feel about the situation. That's why people don't email, especially to ask you questions. Exactly. So, oh, my gosh. So question it. Anyway. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast. Today we're doing episode number 107. Oh, yeah. Uh, today's not a normal, well, normal review episode, I guess. It's going to be a movie review since we had the uh, the Black Panther happen. So I figured we'll give a chit-chat about that. So that should be good times for the most part. I don't think we're going to – that was pretty much it, right, Black Panther? Black Panther, right? Yeah. Yes. That's what we're talking about? Si, senor. That's the only reason I came. Oh, that's good. It's, it's so good. So at, at any point along here, there's going to be spoilers. So listen mm-hmm. as far as you want. But at some point, we're going to start spoiling the movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, listen as far as you deem necessary, and then just turn it off if you don't want to get it ruined. But if you haven't seen it yet, then that's your fault. I guess. Afterwards, come back, because then you should well, listen to the rest of it. Listen to the episode. It's going to be fantastic, but yeah, I don't want you that. to be like, oh, try. you ruined the movie for me. No. Yeah. That's what people... Yeah, that's the whole... Michael yeah, B. Jordan did that for thing. all of us. Oh. No. I'm just well, kidding. He I, actually was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I thought he like did a spoiler video or something. 
Well, he yeah. just came out on his own. I just met him like... being in the movie, ruined it for all of us. But that's a joke. He oh, actually did great. Clearly, no, yeah, he has no idea what's going on. He was super fit. That was Holy like cow. that was a psych out. <laughs> it's terrible. They you see, that. like I think Harrison was the one who got out in front of it the most. He had a bunch of YouTube things that popped up, and he was just like holding the signs. Nobody likes spoilers. Oh, for for the for the Star, for the Star Wars. Yeah, first yeah, he, uh, he was he was on top of that. Putting Force Awakens. Out. Because he knew what happened. Right. Well, yeah. Well, hey, duh. Yeah. Anyhow, okay, well, let's do a little bit of news, like comic book news. Again, we're missing Ross and the dog pile, so, you know, we'll just whittle through it, I guess. Whittle through it. I want to make me a toothpick. I'm going to be here all day. But there's two fantastic news topics that I'm really excited about tonight. Uh, do you want to start, then? Either one. It doesn't matter. All right. Well, I'll let, I'll let you have the, one of those, because I know you want it. As far as like news stuff, we had a whole lot. Of, so uh, the Image Expo happened this last week. So there's a lot of stuff that came out of the Image Expo. Uh, we got a couple of Marvel things too. So like one of those is recently, like this past week, Chris Samney announced that he was going to be leaving Marvel. He wasn't going to renew renew his exclusive contract, which he's had for the last ten years. So he is a uh, final book work wise is going to be Captain America 700. Uh, he said he was going to pursue other opportunities, but it wasn't clear if that was like comic book stuff, if it was what exactly he was talking about. But yeah, so that's going to be disappointing just because Sam he's, he's worked at Daredevil, he worked on Black Widow, um, he's got a whole handful of things he's done. He does a lot of covers, so the guy's I mean, he's fantastic. So, I mean, that's disappointing, but I mean, I know, if you're going to shift around and do something new, that's cool, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, artists and writers, they kind of need to have room to go off and do other things so and this does come from ross and the dog pile they're going to be doing a crossover with the super sons let me guess who they're crossing over with um crypto the dog well there is a dog involved lockjaw no it's oh. marvel and, and they crossing over with scooby multi multi thing no i don't know and no on Scooby either. Although that would make sense because at least they're the same sort of universe. Oh. However, it is Hanna Barbera flavored. I do remember. Riff Raff and the Alley Cats? No. Uh. What? Dino Mutt and Blue Falcon, man. Oh, yeah. The other Batman oh, and a dog. That's so, like. It's freaking awesome, is what it is. Well, it's great, but it's just like you act like we're dumb for not knowing that. No, no. It was more a matter of options. Scooby Doo made sense. Crypto made sense. Then after that, you both spun out of control for a second. Heathcliff and Riff Raff? You said Hanna-Barbera, man. I think they own that. Whether they do or not, it's still not the right answer. I, relatively sure they do. So. See? I guess it could have been rough and ready. It take, was, it, well, take yeah. that, CBS's beliefs. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't as far out as like them going with like the, the fighter jet cats. I can't remember what that show was oh, called. The, I think they were just called the Tomcat. Tomcats? Yeah, yeah Tomcats. Tomcat was a movie. Tomcat is another guy, yeah. Tom Cats was a movie about guys hooking up with ladies and not going well. Three different things all together. Yes. Only one of those was not animated. Regardless, the correct answer is Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt are teaming up with John and Damien for a crossover event. Um, I want to say it's probably one issue. It sounds kind of like we might get a batch of other Hanna-Barbera here in a few months, uh, notice-wise, but that's the first one. Peter DeMossi mentioned that just because they are ending Super Sons. And uh, it's not because of sales, but because of the shift in what they're doing with Superman. So I guess we'll see how that goes. Hmm. So that's that's going to happen, which that should be freaking awesome. Well, it's sad that they're ending that book. Well, yeah, it's unfortunate. Like, Super Sun is a great book. As far as title, I hate the title, but 
the book itself is awesome. And the characters are really cool and yeah, it's been it's been great. McFarlane had a few announcements this uh last image expo also. He's and, finally gonna make soccer figures? No. Eh, Nobody loves that. soccer, Josh. Everybody loves Nobody soccer. Loves, that's the one with the red card and the, the blue card, and then you get a Pokemon? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's not that's not true. Nailed it. <laughs> it's the funniest joke ever. First time he said that he's like, Are you serious? It was awesome. Anyway, so Spawn, man. So uh, they're going to be doing a Spawn Kills Everyone Volume 2. Uh, this one's going to be a four-part. So we'll be joined again by Chibi Spawn as he kills everyone. I assume that means Marvel, DC, Image alike. I mean, that's kind of what the first book was about. It was a one-shot. Got second prints. Fairly popular. From there, we're going to have a Spawn, Medieval Spawn and Witchblade crossover. So like back in the 90s when they did that, they're going to be doing a new one. So I guess... We'll see. I mean, we do have a new Witchblade, and we have had two different spawns since then, so I'm not sure if that's going to be great or not, but I do like Witchblade, and I do like spawns, so I guess that's cool. Um, then we're going to be getting a new book called Mercy, which is following the character we currently are dealing with in Spawn Book, if you're currently reading that. However, like, titling for the book is going to be very, uh, I don't know, the setup, like, the explanation for it said it was going to be dealing with a lot of the Hashtag Me Too issues in the world, and the character herself is going to basically help prey on victims. So I'm like, sounds like a spawn. It's a chick, but like flavored politically. So I'm not so much a fan of that, really. But I mean, I guess we'll see when it comes out, right? So that's interesting. Uh, as far as other books, the last one's really cool because they're going to be doing a Sam and Twitch True Detectives eight part mini series. And I'm not sure if this is supposed to take like a flavor from the True Detective series of shows, but it's Sam and Twitch on another adventure, and I, I assume that's the direction they're going to go because that's always kind of been how they are. So I think that's really cool. Um, but I like Sam and Twitch, so that should be neat. I like Sam and Twitch. Yeah, I think that'll be cool if they take the True Detective format to it. It's hard to say what exactly is going to happen, but as far as a, a book's concerned, I think that's a cool idea. Um, other things from the Image Expo. Because they announce a lot of books, which they do every year. Uh, there's a new book called Blackbird. And Blackbird's going to be uh, by Sam Humphreys and Gene uh, Bartell. Uh, as far as book itself, I mean, what little bit's known about it is it's a modern fantasy story. It's, they, meant, they described it like Harry Potter meets Riverdale. So I don't know if that means it's going to be heavy teen drama, but with a Harry, magic Harry Potter feel, I guess. So, I don't know. The couple art pictures look cool. Uh, they're going to be doing a... This one might be a miniseries, because it doesn't say that, but Rob Layfield's going to be relaunching Bloodstrike. Um, it's going to be featuring the art and stories by uh, Michael Fife. And I'm not... I don't know Michael Fife by name, but as far as, like, the few pictures they tease look cool. I mean, Bloodstrike had that miniseries that sort of happened to three issues, and then they kind of finished that in the Youngblood. So I guess we'll see. I mean, that's interesting. Uh, there's the uh, Dead Guy Fan Club, which, I, I don't know, the art for it looks really cool. Uh, Amy Wu is going to be doing it. The write-up for it says, this, it's a new series. The founders of a rock star fan club reach adulthood and decide to deal with suspicious deaths of their heroes. So it'll be like uh, fans investigating the deaths of their super icons. I think that's cool. Jerry Duggan's got one coming out uh, called Dead Rabbit. It's going to feature a character who is, 
he's a mercenary that's been that's been retired and he's forced out of retirement and it's supposed to lead with like a funny and violent type story. Uh, they say shades of Unforgiven and the Equalizer and Robin Hood. So it's supposed to be he's a foul mouth like funny character. So I think probably like Deadpool tones is probably what they really mean. And Jerry, I mean, he did write a fair amount of Deadpool, so that would make sense. Uh, the really cool one, though, that I was that I was excited for like a couple of days ago, whenever they first announced any of this, is a new Rick Remender book, which I kind of wish that we we get a few of his other books moving again. I mean, there are a couple of them slowed down simply because of all of his work with Deadly Class, and that's cool. But the new book's going to be called Death or Glory, and it's uh, Rick Remen- Rick Remender and Bengal doing the uh, art for it. So if you're fans of Seven to Eternity or Deadly Class, I mean, you know Rick Remender, Black Science also. Um, it's supposed to be a high-speed convoy crime thriller, which makes me think a lot of, like, Smoking the Bandit. And, like, art-wise, of course, we have a female lead. It looks really cool. And, like, the couple pictures they put out of the main character, she looks really cool. So I, I think that'll be awesome. There were quite a few other books that they that they listed off as being new properties getting ready to come out over the next year. Uh, there's one more I wanted to mention in this there, that should be dear to folks around the show and the store is Farmhand, which is by Rob Guillory, which you'll know from Chew. Uh, this is the book that, back when I was talking to him in Colorado Springs, couldn't officially talk about it. Uh, anyhow, Farmhand, so he's doing the writing and the art both on this book. Um, it's going to follow character Ezekiel Jenkins. Uh, he's a family man, and he's returning to his family fields. But uh, as with Chu, things aren't exactly this, aren't exactly what they appear to be. Uh, but these these night mar- these night marsh crops were going to give a new meaning to ear of corn and fingerling potatoes. Gross. I know, right? This is something he's been working on for the past like year and a half, I guess. And as far as like a book, I. I'm pretty stoked just for what little bit he mentioned about it. And if you read Chu, then you already know like style of art by by the, by him. So I think that'll be really cool. Anyway, super stoked for that. Anyway, that's enough about Image Expo probably. Josh, are you going to tell me some Marvel stuff? I was going to actually tell you some quick DC news. That works too. Before we switch to Marvel. Okay. Because um, we're going to be on Marvel the rest of the night. In the new special features, the new upcoming DC Universe animated original Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, um, they're going to show the first look of the Death of Superman animated adaption of the famous 1992 DC comic storyline. It'll be a two-parter. The first part will premiere this year in 2018, later this year. They have yet to release any like um, voice actor information or anything. The second part will come out next year, 2019, be called The Reign of Superman, so they're going to do a two-part animated movie basically so that that's, that's, cool. that's kind of fun it's going to be huh. they said it's going to be a lot closer to what actually the actual comic book than the doomsday animated that came out several years ago that bruce tim did so which makes sense because i mean if you if you watch that one it was cool it had moments but it was a long way away from the death of superman story the question is can you make that story adapted in an anime and it be as impactful as, as the actual story was. Well, well, I don't know. With time now, I don't. I mean, if you're aware of it happening, then it's not the same as when it came out as a book. Well, but, I think every, everybody knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know it was happening at the time. 
splitting it in half, I think, is going to be good. They'll be able, be able to get it like a, a broader spectrum, put more information into it. But I mean, in in the grand scheme of things, the comics like there, there wasn't really back then. There wasn't like nobody else jumped on board with Dan Jurgens to do that. So there wasn't a lot of other characters involved. Like they barely, they barely any other characters touched on it. So there's it's going to be pretty easy to like fast forward and like animate that and do it pretty quickly. I think it'll be pretty easy to do. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, there's a lot of characters that cameoed in it. I mean, Booster Gold's in it, Blue Beetle's in it. I mean, there's as far but, as characters, but very little. Like Bloodstone, who's Martian Manhunter. Um, right. But this very, I mean, nobody like if you re, if you go back and you read news from back then and like like articles and information from back then, nobody actually. Like they're like, oh, you're gonna kill Superman, whatever, and like nobody actually jumped on board with Dan Jurgens, and it ended up being this massive event that everybody wished they would have been a part of, and they they missed the boat. So the Reign of Superman one, I think, will be the bigger, the harder one to adapt to the car, the to animated form. Just because a lot of more pieces to it. There's yeah. a way more. There's way more to it. So that's the one that I'm gonna be curious about. So yeah, because I mean, Steel has been sold really well in animated forms, and I think most people are familiar with Steel and have an opinion at this point. Eradicator, Superboy, Metropolis Kid, Superboy. Yeah. Not just Superboy, because we had Superboy. That's the, right. Yeah, the Connor stuff already. Connor so. Kent, Superboy, or Metropolis Kid, Superboy. Which hopefully they fast forward to the point where he's less ridiculous. Because he was definitely, he was he very was 90s. Yeah, he was. There for a minute. Those sweet circle, like John Lennon glasses. Oh, I love his, the glasses. His curly hair and his, like, yeah. I didn't have a problem leather, with that. Leather he was, jacket. He was rocking the same kind of haircut you were He's basically right? Sean Hunter from Boy Meets World. I could see that. In Back su- at that time in, frame. In Superman yeah. form. He d- yeah, he did, he did kind of have that look. I'll, I'll give you that. Rob's lost. He's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. No. Yeah, it, it gets the boy maze world. I'll you, leave that to you guys. I was too busy watching Power Rangers and Kamen Rider. Oh, Sorry, guys. Man. You remember uh, Cabin Fever? Yeah. The movie Cabin Fever? Yeah. Eli well, Roth? You know, actually, Blood Explosion? I never He's actually, the main guy in Cabin Fever. I never actually watched that. You never watched Cabin Fever? <laughs> no, I know anyway. I know of it, but man. I never watched it. Oh, well, if you do watch it on the DVD, there's a batch of like episodes of Rotten Fruit which is something else that Eli Roth did. It's basically bananas and apples killing the hell out of each other. I thought you were going to say there was some Boy Meets World on there. No. No, the guy from Boy Meets World's on there. Is he he the older brother? No, no. He was the best friend. He's the wayward wayward best friend that like they had. The older brother is the guy who did the voice for Batman Beyond. Will Friedel. Will Friedel, yeah. Also Nightwing later, Red Hood. No, he's Red Hood. He's Red Hood, yeah. Yeah. Not Nightwing, Red Hood. He's still hilarious on Twitter to follow. He's really actually a nice, really nice yeah, guy. Believe it. Surprisingly. Um, there's one more you you were going to talk about, but we can talk about together the the re the relaunch Usagi Ojimbo number one. Yep. So we're going to be doing a new series for Usagi. This is the first time we've had a number one in the past 22 years. So Stan Sakai, uh, as far as Usagi books are concerned, this would be the first like actual Usagi number one in two decades which is crazy especially in a world where we're volumizing so often right well everything every every other company is number one hungry so there wasn't a lot of news as to why it just was talk it just talked that it was going to happen yeah it was more of an announcement that they were doing it less uh here's reasons or what's happening story-wise it was more just a they're doing it so well i I may be super ignorant to this but i don't think there'd been any periods of stop in the Yasagi line. No, but there's been a mini series in spin offs. 
Yeah, he but, did the. I mean, up to this, up to the point where they decided to do number one. So I mean, when they when they wrapped the series or they canceled it, whatever happened with it, I, I don't. I think it just ended. Right. I mean, that's the first like significant break. Yeah, I as far think. as volumes are concerned, yeah, this would be the first volumization of things. Like as far as the second volume, up in this point, Yusagi has run. Uh, more or less consistently. Consistently, yeah. yeah. Like the side stories and like the Seven Ronin, there were Seven Ronin's entirely separate, but the couple of their side stories for Yusagi that were like annual style or specials, and mm-hmm. then there was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Yusagi crossover. And while technically that one's a one, it's it, they did it as a an OGN basically, so yeah. I would say it doesn't count. But as far as like ongoings concerned, oh yeah, this is kind of a big deal since there's only been one guy that's ever worked on it. Yeah. I mean, it's not like action and Batman and Cap. It's one dude, one story, one like one creator. So, and this is going to continue to be staying. He still sets the guy according to the according to the write up. It's saying is he's still doing it. So, well, I mean, I'm kind of curious where I might go because like I'm I'm again. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure Usagi Ojimbo is based off Miyamoto Musashi. Who ended up dying? Like the he was the wandering samurai in real life, an actual real life samurai who like he even in real life quit killing people with a sword and was like started killing people with his wooden sword because he was that badass. Like he was just that incredible. So, but like, I don't know if maybe Stan Sakai's taking the real life character and like gonna do something a little bit different with it because there's only so many stories to tell. So I'm not sure. Maybe it's hard to say. Like I don't. There's not enough about it yet to know that, I don't think. I mean, it was more of like a press release. Ooh, look, number one after 22 years of doing an ongoing book, I'm, which is still hell of impressive. So as far as reasoning behind it, don't know yet. No real idea. Well, it is interesting, but it, as far as like a reason. Exciting nonetheless. Like he's, he's, a great, he's a great artist. He's a great writer. Like I've enjoyed everything he's ever done. And so let's see where it goes. But sure. On to Marvel news. Okay. Nate Gray X-Men returns <laughs> and Cable number 157. Take that. People who didn't like Cable in the first place, now there'll be two Cables. Well, Cable's great, and he's coming in Deadpool, so they're going to capitalize on that. Well, we'll, we'll see. I mean, comic book-wise, if you know Nate Gray from the Age of Apocalypse time and just from his own series, X-Men, then it should be awesome. And, and the, the cool mutant, thing is the, the image. Mutant Shaman. That he became that mutant shaman for a while. He was uh, like shaved his head and weird tattoo on his chest. Questionable. Yeah. I know. I always liked all of it. But, yeah, mm. I didn't. I didn't care for that period, but it was it was interesting with the questions that they brought up. Only costume he wore was his pants. Well, he had a jacket sometimes. Mm. Sometimes he wore like a, sh- un- a button up shirt, but unbuttoned and just like showed off his sweet ta- chest tattoo. Yeah, he he definitely didn't like shirts. Isn't that what you do when you have a chest tattoo? You just show everybody that you have one? I guess. I mean, The Rock wears a shirt. He's pretty Not awesome. Not very often. Not when he's Mitch Buchanan in Baywatch. That's a totally different thing, though. He is a superhero. Uh... A black superhero in a movie. <laughs> he's been in a few of those, but it's because he's a real-life superhero. That's different. I mean, it's not quite the same thing. I, I was just going to say, bring it back to Cable. Ho- hopefully this will... Inspire some new confidence in the book. Because there's some cool stuff going on right now in Cable. But I feel like people are kind of missing out. And some of it's because it's got that retro art style, but don't let that stop you. I mean, you're basically dealing with the mutant equivalent of the Highlanders in there. 
So <laughs> should definitely check it out. That's true. The externals are all about it. That's that's, that's true. I guess one. it's kind of what it was for a while. Now they're like all back, but I don't. I, there's there's at least a hundred percent chance that there's less. I am a mortal song playing, unless you're doing it yourself while you're reading the book. <laughs> Before I listen to any cable book, you know what I put on. I am a mortal. Well, you should have Gideon's in there for sure. <laughs> Forgives you for his hair. Perfect. Well, I say that's the only good thing that Rob Layfield ever did was create cable. So, well, a lot of people would come would would say Deadpool, but I would say on both of them, there's been a lot of contributions by other people. It's true. A lot of people made him better, but yeah. well, I know, I know CBS over here he'll disagree because he like thinks Rob Layfield is basically Santa Claus. So well, that's not true. Only when he dresses up at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's because the beard tricks me. Like I see the beard and I can't get past it. I will say this out there: there's there's a lot of Layfield hate, and I know it's super trendy. But when he came out in the '90s, everybody loved him, and it's not. It wasn't an accident. We weren't all tricked. He his his stuff actually looks a lot better when he came on the scene. I think he's gotten a lot sloppier now. And there's certain things that, yeah, you look at it and they're like, wow, that's terrible. But the same thing you do when you look at Jack Kirby's work. You know, you look at it and you go, oh, wow, some of that's terrible. He was doing something that nobody was doing at, at the time. No necks? At the Occasionally, time. <laughs> lots of crotch thrust. I think deep down he just wanted Matt Damon to play him in a movie, so he was just trying to be as, like, controversial as possible. Jack Kirby? No. <laughs> Rob Layfield? <Yeah. laughs> They do kind of look alike. Jack I, Kirby, Rob Layfield, and Matt Damon all look alike. I don't think. I don't, I don't know. Don't think it's very Jack. generational. I, I think anybody who thought that they were going to get a movie made off of them, that was a comic artist. Well, all those guys leaving kind of to, to start Image Comics could very well be made into a movie if people genuinely cared about comic books. Like that, that's, that's true. I mean, if you care about that, I have a comic that I can sell you. I'm pretty so, sure maybe that several uh, of them. I'm pretty sure that in that comic. Old Stan Lee gives birth to a cow. He does. It's crazy. That's terrible. And on that note, on to Black Panther. Oh, I guess so. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. What'd he ever do to you? I picked the pointy necklace with the suit in it, not the gold one. No? I think I would have picked the gold one. Huh? I think I would have picked the gold one. It's not classic, though. The See, gold one is the classic one. No. Mm-hmm. The teeth is a classic one. The gold teeth one is the classic one. No, it was there was they were silver. Shiny white. They were teeth. They weren't gold. He's talking about the design of the necklace. Oh. Rather than the gnashy teeth that were on the face, which make it look stupid. <laughs> That's true. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, <laughs> this is your time to stop. This is the actual time right, to stop. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well you've seen this if you've seen any action figures, but yes, it is. <laughs> it is time He's to right. stop. If you've seen the action figures and you already were spoiled you've already by seen everything. It. Well you've already seen the suits. Costume, yeah. 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 You might not know anything about the suits and if you choose to live in the dark. You can avoid that. And speaking of living in the dark, there's a new Black Panther movie out. (laughs) And that's what we're going to be talking about right now. A character who debuted in Fantastic Four number 52 in 1966. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know that, there you go. Some trivia for you. It's out there. That's pretty far back. That's pretty far back. So who created him? Some white guy. 
Well, Stan Lee is white. That's true. <laughs> Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, surprisingly. Yeah. That was a surprise. No, it's not. Not at all. Oh, you're being sarcastic. So. Yes. Because there was debate over his name. Because originally they kicked around the idea of Cole Tiger. Yes. Which would have actually been, as much as I think that name is not as good, it would have been revolutionary because the first like big African-American superhero would have not had black in his title. No. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And it, that, that later doesn't come up until Luke Cage as Power Man right. appears. Huh. Because up after that point, every African-American hero wound up having black. That's true. Be- beginning their name. Black Lightning, Black Vulcan, which are like the same dude. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's there's a handful of them. But yeah, yeah. For, for a time, that was a thing. It was like it was a... I don't think they meant to do it. No, probably but not. It it was a thing. It wasn't until Power Man. Huh. But yeah. When did John Stewart Green Lantern come about? Was that like late seventies, early eighties? Late seventies. Yeah. Because he was still very much in Harlem, and it was during that whole time frame of re- return Harlem to the people type time frame. So same time frame as Luke Cage. Yeah, we're very close, but Cage beats him. Age wise, yeah, not by much, but he does. So, I mean, you, you can debate who's had the bigger impact. I, I would say that, um, that, that, uh, John Stewart. John Stewart has had the, the more effective impact because he's been around longer as a constant character that they went back to. But, I mean, Luke Cage is one of Marvel's big, big ticket guys. And when they started to do the new, new Avengers, he was one of the ones they put up there and like really changed the way people thought of Luke Cage. So and he's been inc- like he's been as far as the uh, TV shows on Netflix and stuff. He on the ones that they've done, he's one of the better. I I haven't Luke disliked. Cage? I haven't yeah Luke. I haven't I haven't disliked any of it, but I think I liked Luke Cage better than I like Jessica Jones, and I liked. I I'm, I'm I'll be the first to admit it. Like everybody can like crucify me if you want, but I haven't watched Iron Fist yet, so like I just haven't had, got around to it. But I I like the Daredevil stuff. Like I I mean they just they've done well, and like they, they they incorporate it into the the current Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I think is cool. They like they kind of show it in the background, like that it, it's existing. Well, they in the, make in the same universe in, in all so. all those shows. Like Daredevil mentions the destruction of New York and. All all of the Netflix shows make mention of how there was an alien invasion for the most part. Is it a big part of the shows? Not really, but they make mention of it being a thing. Luke Cage has done really well. Um, it's funny because he is a big departure for his comic counterpart, but I think he actually works so much better in in the television world the way that they've done it. And it, and a lot of that works because the. The actor form is just so charismatic. just works out so well. You want to believe that he's Luke Cage and that he does the things that he's going to do. Yeah, that's so. true. He's pretty fantastic. Yeah, he's, he was an amazing choice. Uh, villains, not so much. But that's another story. Cause yeah, we're not here to talk totally about different Cage. to talk about. We're, we're here to talk about Black Panther. All right. That, that's <laughs> true. So but, before this Black Panther movie got made, Wesley Snipes claimed for years that he was going to be Black Panther and it never happened. So. Right. Which is also pretty questionable, considering... I wonder if if there's a, like, Death of Superman-style Black Panther out there. 
I find it unlikely because I don't think he would spend his own money to do it, but it would be crazy if there was. Because there is a Doctor Strange. There is. Before Cumberpatch. Surprisingly enough. And it is. It's it's kind of terrible. It's kind of like it's kind of inspiring, but it's kind of terrible. He's got the full Magnum PI mustache. Yes, he does. Fan freaking tastic, and the movie itself is not great. No, you can find it on YouTube, people. If you really need to see it, you can. But it's not. It is not great. No. His mustache is fantastic, but the rest of it, eh, it's yeah. yeah, not so much. Within question. So Black, so Black Panther. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> he actually Man. debuted in what? Marvel, the Civil War in the current. Are you talking about the the movies? Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. In the Cinematic Universe. Yeah. We're cinematic here to talk universe, about the movies, so let's, in, let's start yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Cinematic right. Universe, he appears for the first time in Captain America 3, Civil, Civil, yeah, War. Civil War. And he um, is the king of Wakanda currently, right. which is a make-believe country in Africa. That's what you think. Is a fictional country in Africa? That that discovered vibranium, which Rob is like a massive, <laughs> massive. Um, I I I'm a expert on vibranium. Well, I, I wouldn't say that, but well, I I am a big fan. Being it's not the real, universe. you're definitely an expert on it. If the three of us were, if any of us were going to teach a class on vibranium, <laughs> I, I'd pick it, Rob. It might have been me. Yeah, I, I know a few things about vibranium. This is, this is pretty cool. It is it is used a lot differently in the Marvel Cinematic Universe than it is used in the regular Marvel comic universe. Right. So I guess if we, if we're going to talk about it, we might as well break it down a little bit. So sure. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Captain America's Shield, it's vibranium steel alloy that makes the shield, uh, which gives it its unique properties to absorb. All pretty much impact all kinetic energy. And the reasoning was that it's only vibranium in the cinematic universe is because Fox owned X Men, which owned adamantium. Yes. But now it's all owned by the same people, so we'll probably see some flow into that. But anyway, it, it's possible. Yeah. Onward. They they may continue to just not not have keep, adamantium keep exist at all. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say. There's two types of vibranium in the Marvel universe. I don't know if we'll ever get into that into the movie universe. But basically the idea is that vibranium, once it's properly used to, to make a material or an item or, or whatnot, it can absorb a tremendous amount of impact. Um, it absorbs sound vibration along with physical kinetic energy, uh, friction. It has qualities that make it basically like almost like a magic metal. The downside is vibranium in its natural state is kind of dangerous. It actually can have explosive reactions because it can only absorb so much before it has to let that energy out. And that was one of the big things that we discover in the Black Panther film was they found a way to kind of release that energy where vibranium normally can't. But vibranium has such unique properties. It can be cloths, metal, a power source, and it has really no fallback. So kind of like in the 1950s when we were first discovering nuclear energy, the doors were open to everything. We no longer had the limitations of fossil fuel, but there's a hefty downside. You know, nuclear waste, explosive issues, problems with the environment. Radiation. Radiation, whereas uh, vibranium doesn't have those downsides. 
And that's actually why Wakanda has jumped ahead so far in technology. It hasn't had to deal with the kind of setbacks. When you're building a carburetor engine, you have to deal with friction and heat and break down a metal. Well, with vibranium, that wouldn't exist. You wouldn't have any friction. So there's no reason to have an engine that couldn't achieve incredible speeds because it wouldn't have any breakdown. It wouldn't get to a point where it was so hot it was melting itself. Those kind of limitations just don't exist. Magic metal. It is one of them. Now, when you get into the comic side of it, vibranium has the same properties, but there's a second source of vibranium. There's a place called the Savage Land. The Savage Land vibranium is actually different than Wakandan vibranium. The Savage Land vibranium is actually called null metal, because Savage Land vibranium, when struck, will actually shatter almost all types of metal. It actually creates a vibrating effect that'll destabilize molecules and just break it apart. So if you were wearing a suit made out of it or had a shield of it and hit it with a sword, it would just destroy the sword. It would destroy the sword, yeah. yeah. Um, also in the comics, we, we have animantium. Animantium is not the opposite of vibranium, but animantium, once it's molded, becomes nearly unbreakable. So vibranium and animantium, when they clash, kind of resist each other. That's why we've had times where Captain America and Wolverine have fought and Wolverine can't cut his shield. Uh, it would also provide a lot of protection for Black Panther against animantium-type weapons. But animantium's big thing is once it's fused, once it's formed, it doesn't degrade. That's why a lot of people have come to the conclusion that like Wolverine's claws can slice through anything. It's because they're just never actually dull. Right. Since they don't break down at all. Well, it's part of them being indestructible. They, they don't break down, so... Mm-hmm. And the shield, so like Cap's shield in the comic world, it's a mixture of the two. Yes. Yeah, it's a unique mixture of steel, animantium, and vibranium. A formula that was achieved once and never again. Right. Much like Captain America. Yes. As far as his well, super successful. Yeah. Well, you know. Dude's so melt. far. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Dude's melting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good times. I'm mostly going going crazy. So like that, the vibranium is a huge part of the of the whole functionality of Wakanda. What makes it so special, and that's and the movie focuses a lot on that because it's like one of the primary things that makes that particular section of Africa so important, just in general. Well, not only that, but um, Wakanda, although it's held itself separate from the rest of the world and the rest of Africa. The technological advances that they've made are pretty extreme. Um, and they've actually, they do some really neat stuff incorporating newer mythology from the Black Panther comic series. The stuff that Coates is working Kenishi on. Coates. Kenishi yeah, Coates. I knew I would say his first name wrong. <laughs> um, those, those wristbands, the beads, are something that I believe he started using in this run. Yeah. And the idea is kind of why would another culture develop the exact same as us? So they have the beads as kind of the catch-all. So like your phone is your bead, your Fitbit is your beads. It has all these different properties to devices that we have in the real world or 
would make sense in a somewhat sci-fi world, but it's kind of done in a unique African motif, I guess. Yeah, like style. And, and the movie shows a lot of that, actually, because we even see, like, think about when they were going through the, the bazaar with all the people in the shops. The guys looking at their their bead watches, basically, that were displaying images and video. So we we see those pieces on random people as well, not just the royal family. Yeah. Like, granted, they weren't showcased and they weren't as good as the royal families, probably. But at the same time, I mean, we saw dudes using it to watch videos. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. It's just it was a cool idea to to incorporate that because I thought that was a neat new touch that that. Could, well, from the current series in. of books, I mean, you're talking stuff that's less than two years old, yeah. and that being implemented in the new movie, that's kind of freaking amazing. And it's it's neat. It kind of it totally makes sense to be a way to show that they've developed, but they've developed differently. Right. That they developed like separately as a culture, just like yes. Just like uh, even Mongolians versus the Roman Empire or anything like they're they're separate cultures and so they develop things in different ways like mm. like like arrow like the bow and arrow created by the Mongolians was different than the the bow created by the, the Roman like they're separate they were different cultures and they never you know so like that's I mean it's interesting that that they show that yeah I really I really like it it's a small small part of the film but I thought that was such a a neat addition I mean overall I I mean I don't. I think the movie was was good. I think that like, I mean, it wasn't my favorite Marvel movie, but there were so many little interesting things about it that I think that made it that made it good. Like that, like it could have been, it could have been blah for me on this on the scale of Marvel movies. It's not my, it's definitely not my favorite. But I th- I think that the fact that there's so many little interesting tidbits, like Rob's talking about, like the bead thing or putting in like Michael B. Jordan as as the bad guy. But he was also was in Creed, who is the same director, and just it's all just interesting like connections and how they like they 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 started leading up to Wakanda being part of the Marvel universe like back in Iron Iron Man two it was on a monitor in the background so right. it's just like they've been building up to this for a while so and then it's obviously going to be a massive because we've, we've already seen the Infinity Trailers. War trailer and it's mm-hmm. like a it's a massive and I think. I mean, we can get into that later on, possibly, but I think that the reason it's going to be so massive is because the Soul Gem possibly rests in Wakanda, and I don't. They didn't touch. I thought they might touch on that this in this movie, and they never did. But I did think that was weird. We didn't like even the catch at the end of the movie was kind of throwaway-ish. Like it was neat, but what there's other it, it, movies. It made sense for it's, me. It's the one gem we haven't seen yet, and it's like what the Soul Gem does, like him being able to go back and talk to his dad or. Um, you know, Killmonger going to talk to his dad, being able to talk to the dad and go elsewhere. That's kind of what the Soul Gem does. And so, like, that's, we don't see that. We, I mean, we haven't seen that gem yet. So it's obviously, I think that that's where it's at. Personally, that's a personal opinion, but. Yeah. It, it's quite possible. I mean, we know that they've played a little fast and loose with the gems and they've been able to do things that we don't think about normally in, in the comic universe. Black Panther has such a big history, and I I will tell you right now, I don't know all of it. I do know that the Black Panther mythos does have a connection to the dead, because, I mean, that's kind of where Black Panther has been sitting lately, where he's like the king of the crypt or whatever, and he sees the past Black Panthers and commune with them. But it wouldn't surprise me that this is connected to one of the gyms. Um, It is actually connected more to the comic lore about 
um, vibranium not originating on Earth than I thought. So it wouldn't surprise me that they connect that to to the Infinity Gems. They could. I mean, we don't have enough information for that yet to know that. No. But as far as like setups concerned, I mean, that's an interesting tie. I I mean, I didn't. I never thought that. No. Interesting tie that maybe the reason the plants are the star heart, the heart shaped plant, the way the way it works is because of that. That'd be interesting. I don't think that's the truth, but it's it's an interesting idea. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think it, it's a better representation. I think than the ether was. Yeah, but yeah. it's it, it's the one missing stone. And if if we're going to Infinity War, it's got to show up eventually. Yeah, and so. Um, and they they've also they've showed that Wakanda is a massive role in that movie, like the shows all the, yeah, the trailer warriors has happening there. And like, so it's like it's got to show up eventually, whether it shows up after the fact or in like whenever. But like I know it, it'd be an interesting that'd be an interesting take for sure. I think it'd be cool if they went that direction. Yeah. the The other thing I think that they did so well in this film, it would have been very easy to just kind of gloss over the idea that Wakanda is this very powerful, very wealthy nation. And yet it's not really doing anything. You know, it, it doesn't seem to feel responsible for the rest of the world around it. And that was actually one of the things that I had people around me that were, were very angry about this idea that, you know, you'd, you'd have a nation that has so much, but they're not doing anything. I think that was a lot of what this film was kind of trying to say was, that that you can do something, and and they kind of illustrated why Wakanda didn't think it should for the longest time, and kind of the consequences of doing such things, and what it could be if it's done poorly. Maybe does well, that make any sense, or am I just like no, going in circles? That's definitely a crux of the story. But if you, if, as far as the movie's concerned, if you want to talk about the political nature of it, I mean that's that's what the political nature of the movie was. It's it's about countries that can do that don't do well in, in hindsight of that yeah whether you should or not by based on what you have for the movie it's heightened because the idea is that they're so small but what they have is so powerful well you draw lines to i guess modern or current uh i guess what political nature or not even that world nature and like, think about the way lots of countries think about the U.S. and how, yeah, we give out a lot, but we don't give out enough, maybe. So like, I don't know, political tones, I don't necessarily like them in movies, I really don't. Cause I'm not going there to watch what I could watch on Fox News or CNN or anything news related. Right, and I don't, and then that, and that, I think that that was my biggest frustration with it going into it. I was, I was almost, the movie was almost ruined on me because they were like trying to make such a big deal about, the type of movie it was, and it was the first black superhero, yada yada. And when really, when it comes down to, is it, like it's just a superhero movie. It's just a great movie, and it's right. just a great story. And I really don't care about any of that nonsense. I just want to go watch a good film. And I know that Marvel continually puts out great movies, and I think that it's just just the next part of the mythos. And I just want to watch it and enjoy it. And I don't, I don't want to have to be all political about a fictional movie. I don't. It, it's not that's not what it's about for me it's just it's a great story and it's a great time for me to like turn my brain off and watch t like watch this this film on this gigantic screen and just like be absorbed about the story that was written well and done well and the special effects and just everything about it and i i really don't care about any of everything else like it's it's really frustrating 
you know, I, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that all of it's throwawayable and that you shouldn't learn when you go to movies. I mean, ultimately, movies a lot of what they are is a reflection of us as people in general. So, I mean, it's one thing to go with the idea that you're getting a new perspective of something, and that's fine. If you get that while you're getting entertained at the same time, then okay. But the political nature, like trying to sell a message home, did the director mean for that to be what it was, or was it just part of the storytelling? I mean, it is a good story, and the way it works is pretty good. I I don't think it was too heavy-handed. I mean, it is in there, but it is a major part of what's happening in the crux of the story. So, I mean... I don't think it killed it. I mean, that everybody else's takes, well, not everyone. So the, in the world right now, there's a whole lot of folks that are like, Twitter exploded with, oh, the first black superhero movie, and do-do-do, it's the greatest thing ever. This is what black America needed. And I'm like, uh, what about that space movie about the scientist lady that built rockets? What what about that movie? Like, why didn't that, wasn't that what black America needed? Hidden Figures? Which yeah. was a freaking amazing film, right. by the way. I think I think it's just... People who are, are just trying to like, capitalize on something they don't need to capitalize on, just like just let it be what it is. Like, well, why? yeah, I I totally agree with that. I, I there's a lot of kind of drive-by uh, fans of both comics and drive-by critics of comics that just jump on things that they don't really understand and they don't really even care. They're just jumping on it because it'll get them some kind of recognition. The Spider-Woman cover was a big example of that. Catwoman on the cover of a lot of comics was a huge example of that. For me, this wasn't... There, there was there was undertones, I'm sure, but it wasn't a big political thing for this film. It was, how do you put this fictional country into this world and make it actually fit? And I think they did that really well. I mean, I mean, because, like, like, and I 100% agree with what you're saying right now, it just... If you, if you uh, these drive by like movie critics, comic critics, are like, let's say that they would have made Iron Man two, which I bring that back again, but like right now, and Mickey Rourke's character of like how he just lives in this like crappy, horrible Russia, and like that was never a thing. That was never a t- like that was never a massive issue when Iron Man two came out. So it's just like, why are we making it a, a massive issue now about Black Panther, which is like. It's just a great movie. Like, right. just let it be a great movie. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, it, it. I don't think it needs to be as as over hyped in the political sphere as it is right now. I think it. I think it almost dumbs it down. It a little made, bit. Yeah. Made it something that I wasn't entirely sure I wanted to go watch. Yeah. There's almost so much of it that I'm like, really? Yeah, I can wait till DVD. But I mean, for me though, I I thought they. I thought they killed it. I thought they did a great job with it. Oh, no. Movie-wise, they did do just fine with the movie. And I oh, obviously, that's not what happened for me. But there was a point in time where I'm like, man, if I have to watch one more little video on the Internet or one more post that explodes all viral for the sake of not having any clue what they're talking about, really? Come on now. And, I mean, I, I guess I might be missing the point. But, I mean, if if the idea of this is the movie that black America needs is that we can we can do better without violence and that maybe maybe unity is better than just butting heads if that's what they took from it then then maybe it is the message that needs to be but like i don't think that that's the message that a lot of people think they're getting from it i think that's the message it was trying to say though maybe 
Because yes, I can of, see that. You know, I mean, one of the core things of the film was we could get out and we could just take over. We have the technological edge. And then we could rule everything the way it should be. But is that right? That's true. Yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting take on it. I, that perspective I like. If, that, if that's what they were really preaching about, then I guess maybe it is. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's what they took away from it, I mean, that's what I took away from it. But maybe I'm missing what they're taking. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All in context, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, that Michael B. Jordan, awesome, right? <laughs> oh, Michael B. Jordan was fantastic. Oh, my God. He was so fit. Well, the like, dude's a good actor regardless. <laughs> he's like, so he's, fit. No, I, like, I was... <laughs> yeah, he was... When you, when you go to, like, these movies, they really got to be in good shape. And he was... Well, you, I mean, which we're going to, I think, talk about a little bit of, like, the Creed movies. Like, he's obviously Rocky's, like, guy and like, he's Apollo Creed's son and, like, Rocky's, like... Rocky's you know, apprentice in, in the kind of thing in, in, the, in the, those in that in that movie universe, but like he wasn't that buff and he wasn't that in shape in that movie, and like in this movie he's just like he's in such great shape and he's so huge and so massive that like when they go to do Creed two, which he's supposed to fight um, Dolph Lundgren's um, which, Ivan Drago's kid in the in Creed two. That's interesting. So. How I mean, I, I think that's the natural progression of trying to make him bigger because Ivan Drago's kid is supposed to be just massive, and like Sylvester Stallone and like Dolph Lundgren, like physically were so on different sizes in that movie that they had to do a lot of camera tricks and stuff because Sly is so much shorter, and like Dolph Lundgren is or Dolph. Lundgren, I don't know what I said. Ivan Drago. Like, Ivan. Yeah, Ivan Drago. But like Dolph Lundgren's so much bigger than him, and so I mean, I think that they don't want to make that an issue this time. And I, I think it's, I think that's going to be a great movie. Like, like, cause Michael B. Jordan is just, he, I mean, everything I've seen him in so far, he's been fantastic. The other thing is, I mean, I got to give it up for, for both Michael B. Jordan and for Chadwick Boseman. Cause, uh, when, when you hear Boseman talk outside of his role as Black Panther, he almost seems like a totally different cat. Like, I mean, he's got a totally different way of speaking. He's got a pretty, pronounceable accent that is not South African. So, I mean, his take is actually really, really good. And I mean, when it, when it comes to Michael B. Jordan, he's a very likable guy in most of the films that he's been in for him to kind of turn that around and be this dangerous kind of almost crazy guy. Yeah. It's awesome. It was a great performance. And I mean, truthfully, every time in the previews that I saw him without the shirt with the scarifications, I couldn't help but roll my eyes. And in the film, it totally works, and it totally looks amazing. So. Well, I, I've, I've had several people that I've talked to about the movie say that they wish, like, he was such a great villain that they wish he would have stayed Black Panther, and, like, just stayed as Black Panther. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, well, you can't do that, you know, but, like, but people liked him, enjoyed him so much as that character. Like they, they're like, well, we wish he wouldn't have died because he was so good. And then yeah. that's, the, that's, that's the sign of a good villain, and a good antagonist is that like people want him to stick around like that. You dislike him, but you also want to see him like be part of it still. Yeah. I, I agree. And I disagree. Uh, obviously of course he wouldn't have worked as staying as black Panther. I mean, that's just, right. But yeah. Um, Marvel has been really, they've, they've done better at not killing their villains than DC has. 
but they tend to throw away these side villains that could be more important for later. And it hurts a kind of overarching storyline. And sometimes it's just, I don't know, I don't know why they think that that's a smart choice. Like Claw in this case was a bad choice. Uh, Ramblo in Civil War, Baron Strucker in Ultron, Ultron in Ultron, although I don't know how you get around that, aside from maybe one of his heads survived. But, you know, it's just, it's just a downside to build these guys up and destroy them because, you know, you're eventually going to start being like, well, let's have the Mad Thinker and Mole Man in this movie. You know, like you're going to run out of some and of the is it, is it a Fantastic Four movie? Because that then would, that'd be perfect. It would make sense. It would. Although, to a counterpoint, Killian uh, that we had in Iron Man 3... Not necessarily that important in the comics, and he had a pretty big splash in the movie. So thing, same thing with Killmonger. He's not necessarily the biggest, most important character in the Marvel Universe. I don't know his true, like, significance to Black Panther, but he's, he, they've done a great job of building up some of these smaller guys. It's just too bad when they well, well, do one film and get rid of them. I think there's, like, the... The pool is so deep of characters that, like, they can do that to an extent. But I think that that, I, that frustrates me is you're getting rid of people who, like, you build up and get like get super interested, and then you just get rid of them and move on. And like, oh, well, that'd have been neat to see that person expanded on us a little bit. You didn't have to necessarily have to kill him, and it, like, I don't know. I think that they could have done much more with it than they did, but they they definitely didn't, and um. I mean, I, I, yeah, obviously you have these these characters. We're moving towards Thanos. Thanos is massive, but like we had, um, uh, Ronan, the accuser, the accuser, mm-hmm. and like, but they got rid of him. So he's got, like, he seems to have died. I mean, may, I guess they could maybe bring him back, but like he 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 dies too. Like that's just another massive villain that like you're just you're just you're really really getting rid of a lot, and you don't need to. Well, I think part of it, I mean, with, with Ronan, he's not actually a villain in the comic books, cause he's, cause he's not. But no. we've, but we've also seen the Marvel Cinematic Universe is completely different. They, they have their own universe. They're making it their own. Like, oh it's no, I'm not, not disagreeing with oh, that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's clearly a thing. But as far as like kill off, I mean, some of them make sense. And I, I'll give you maybe, maybe Jordan's contract cost is just too much. Um, is he really dead? I mean, it was off camera. So if you really, oh, really no. wanted him back, no, I mean he was, he was. Oh yeah, he, he slumps over. But as far as like bodies are concerned, you're right there next to the same place that did spinal surgery, not even half a movie ago. Oh, that's true. To Bilbo. So if you want to drag yeah to Bilbo, so if you want to save him, drag him inside. Now, granted, as far as pieces are concerned, it's pretty finalized, and, and the character himself is hard to redeem. I mean, yeah, he was really cool, but it doesn't mean he wasn't hard to redeem yeah. there's some stuff i would have really liked at the end of the movie and i'll probably talk about that later i'm sure we'll get to that point. sure but um but as far as killmonger i mean as far as a character his importance to black panther he's been around for a while i mean he showed up first in jungle action jungle action number six which is like a 1973 comic wow okay yeah so he's been around for a while but as far as importance in the grand scheme of things i mean he doesn't show up all the time yeah, but you, if you try to make a list of Black Panther arches, there aren't that many. I mean, yeah, he's fought a lot of guys alongside the Avengers, 
but Black Panther arches, there just isn't a whole lot of them. Yeah, and that brings me to the other thing, which is Claw was amazing. Oh yeah, I I didn't even put it together in my head that, that was Andy Zerka because it was just Ulysses Claw right. Circus. Circus. Andy Circus. Yeah. Is it Circus? Not Zerkus? Gollum. Go on. I, I don't know. Snoke. Yes. Or Snoke. Uh, King Kong. Which, Whatever. He's having a disturbing <laughs> trend of dying in his movies lately, which is bad news. <laughs> bad news when you put it like that. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> uh, he was fantastic. Oh, yeah. He's great. Uh, he took the bit part that he got of being Ulysses Claw in Ultron to a level where, like, I was scared of his existence. And it's not because he was so, you know, overpowered or, you know, indomitant. He's basically a redneck with a nuke. Yeah, kind of. Like, he was dangerous because he just didn't care. Well, his appearance-wise, he actually showed up in uh, Winter Soldier. He's on the boat with uh, um, Sitwell whenever Cap goes in there and fights the uh, MMA guy. Oh, I didn't know that. He fights, uh, that's Batarak the Leaper. Batarak the Leaper, yeah. It's uh, St. Paul. I can't, Pierre St. Paul. John Paul. St. Pierre, there you go. John St. Pierre. Yeah, the MMA fighter. So, like, appearance-wise, that was even less of a cameo and. As far as appearances, when he gets to Ultron, it's his second appearance. Oh, really? See, the, and that's sneaky. I like that. Oh, yeah, it was great. Uh, that's why I was so sad when they killed Romblo, you know? In the Yeah, anyways, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 it's wasteful whenever they show up that way. Same thing with Strucker. Like, Strucker winds up being in a couple movies, and they kill him off camera, which yeah. I assume that's because he's not really dead, and if we get a cap four or three, if you consider the second or the third one, Civil War to be Civil War and not Camp 3, even though it is. Maybe we'll see him back, I guess. I mean, it's possible. It's true. Um, His death is like the more off-camera than Claws. I mean, Claws is off-camera, but we see the body. Whereas his, well, Ultron said he's dead, so I guess he is. I, I almost, I, I thought for sure that we would see Claw in one of those last scenes. That he wasn't dead. Because... Killmonger needs somebody to lead him to Wakanda. That's the whole reason he was threatening Claw. But he doesn't really, though. Like, and that's the thing. I think that that if, if there's a weak part of this movie that like him getting to Wakanda and what happens with all that and him like killing that girl that he acts like he loves so much and like if he's such if he's such like a an infamous U.S. like mercenary kind of person like. He's in he's in the UK. Like CCTV is everywhere. They would have like facial recognized that dude in a second, and that would have been like instantaneously like there'd have been swarming like shield agents all over the place. And like he's like, oh, I'm just Killmonger. Whatever, no big deal. And like Martin Freeman's character immediately knows who he is. He oh, he just glanced like, oh yeah, that's Killmonger. He did this, 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 and this. Like you don't mean to tell me there's no facial recognition software that like caught that dude on the. The museum, like, cameras, like, give me a break. That was the weak part. The museum, they actually show us the film Jump, though. So it was was already being hacked. They show us that because they show the scene replay on the monitors, which is why none of the security knew anything was going on. Well, even in the street, though, like, if if you've ever been to the U.K. or know anything about it, there's cameras everywhere. Like, CCTV is a thing. Like, it is everywhere. So, like, everything's filmed from every Hack one, hack them all. 
No, I no. I, I I think there's actually okay. So for for me, him getting to Wakanda is the weakest part of the story. If if agreed. If Claw is is legitimately dead, there's no reason at all he should have gotten to Wakanda, or he should have gone there a long time ago. Well, the, see, the and he issue, just took a little puddle jumper plane and made it all the way to Africa in that thing. Like, well, wow. I, whether the plane would have worked or not, like I don't I don't see that as an issue. I, I guess I see what you guys are saying, but. He found his father's diary. His father's diary is what led him to Wakanda. Getting there wasn't the big deal. The issue with Wakanda is having a piece to trade and knowing that what Claw had done because of his father, knowing what they wanted Claw so bad, the whole reason he pulls the heist with Claw in the first place is to prove to himself that Wakanda wants him. So he has something to give them. Like his whole training was supposed to be show up, use their strengths against them, and get yourself into a place of power. Well, proving to himself that Claw was wanted by them still by going to the whole trouble of stealing the artifact. After stealing the artifact, turning around and going with him to the buy was only to prove to himself that Wakanda wanted him so bad that way he would have a piece to trade. That's but the how, reason but, it broke him out. But that's the frustration part right there. That and you're, What you're saying I get, but like, how did he know that Claw killed... Um, black like the the guy that trained the rhinos. Like, why? Did, oh, I'm not saying he did. No, but how did he know that? So, like, bringing them claw. How did he even know that that was going to make any difference whatsoever? I think, I so think, the ring, the ring itself, should have been enough to get him into Wakanda, and like that, that alone should have got him into Wakanda without any issues. So, bringing claw was just like, how was? How did he know by bringing him that was going to create a massive civil war? Like that, like that's the that's that like that like, part wrong. is pretty happenstancey. And but I'll that's give the you weak part. him showing up on the borders and the only guy who cares about Claw being killed is the guy who meets him. Yeah, that's needle and stack of needles. And yeah, I mean, that, that's very serendipitous. But um, the, the thing I was trying to get at um, before, the CCTV element. Okay, so S.H.I.E.L.D. is not a thing, really. It's, it, it's a minor thing at all, if it even is a thing anymore in the Marvel U. Ever since... Cap 2. So there isn't that kind of extra interpol going around. Morgan, um, in this case, Edward Ross, or Everett Ross, knows the guy as a deep cover secret agent guy. So that's not like a common knowledge thing. We would actually, in America, be working to keep his identity secret. So we wouldn't want English CCTV to know who this guy was to recognize him by facial scanning. So I think that's why he kind of gets to move in on his own under the radar. Um, so I mean that—that's how that works for me. No, but yeah, I just well, makes sense. But, but, but if he's deep, if he's a deep cover guy for the U.S. government, mm-hmm. like any, and he goes in like goes into countries and unseats people, and so we can put in our own people, et cetera, et cetera. And he just go like obviously if he disappears, we're gonna want to know why he disappeared. Like, yeah, that, and that's the thing is like. Martin Freeman's like, oh no, that's so and so, and he and he's kind of like perplexed as to why, why is he, that that's weird that he's doing this, like so, like nobody's keeping an eye on this guy, like that. So he, even he seemed kind of like weird about it. And Shield, like even if you watch the Agents of Shield like TV show, it has it, it made a comeback, so it is more paying attention to those things. And so, well, it's a thing still, but it's not. It doesn't have the power that it had it before. To. I mean, as right, far but, as like, like somebody of that magnitude, you think would like 
there'd be a red flag, there'd be some red flag somewhere. It, and it's possible, you know, and there, there's possibility that there was other parts of Claw's crew that were originally working with another part of the U.S. government. Because unfortunately, our government is bad about playing well with each other, and <laughs> including S.H.I.E.L.D. and the government branches itself. And Claw being part of, like, the fact that in, like, when the Avengers are basically fighting him, like, Tony Stark probably has some sort of software tra- trying to track and tra- track that you guy know, down and find him. I want to say him. that Tony didn't ever see Claw. From Avengers 2, they show for Ultron, and by that point, Ultron's already removed his arm and recruited the kids. So, as far as setup's concerned, by then, Claw was already dealt with. He wasn't something that Rhodey or Iron Man or any of them ever really had to see mm. person to person. That's a good point. Yeah, there was mention of him because we see his face pull, pull, pull up in Iron Man software as being an arms dealer. But an arms dealer to an arms dealer, so what? And well, when they got there, I, yeah, everything well, I, else I, I, I apart. think that, like, if he pops back up again, like, hey, we dealt with this guy before. Why We need to send somebody to deal with this individual. Now, as far as a, a threat... Overall, end all of it is that with that being a thing, your movie unravels, because Claw should have been equally dangerous. Claw shows up once a video, then somebody should be there to do something. But in the real world, regardless of CCTV at all, just because you want a criminal, Josh shows up on a CCTV camera, doesn't mean me, Officer Steve, sitting in America, has any clue what happened. And the people who did see it over there in London or wherever only find out about it because somebody blew up the. Sh- uh, the bodega down the street, and they're like, "Man, we should look around see who could have done it." And that's when they find it. What I, and, and I get what you're saying, but what I'm saying is, in a, in a worldwide, in the, in a world where everything is, besides certain countries like China has their own internet, basically. But in the free world, like you have, if we're looking for somebody, if you show up on like a like a streetlight camera, you're gonna get flagged. It's, it's almost impossible to hide anymore. Unless you're in the middle of nowhere, so like that was, I mean, it's just a small, it's just a small loophole that I was like, that's ah, that's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Like, Especially with that hair he had, Michael yeah, B. Jordan's you're not, hair. You're not trying you're, to hide. You're gonna, when you're you gonna have notice that, haircut, that, like for sure. No one's gonna miss that haircut. The big thing for me was, it, it's just it, it's all hung up on that like Claw being dead. And if Claw hadn't been dead, it would have changed the whole thing for me. I was actually hoping to see him get blown up with the vibranium and see like them try to actually take and make him the sound monster that he would eventually become. Oh, the red jumpsuit? Yeah, but I, I love that they gave him the sound cannon. I just think that it was a missed opportunity by getting rid of him. It's another one of their missed opportunities. It would have almost been cool if they would have brought him to Wakanda. He would have led the, led Michael B. Jordan there, Killmonger, and then he killed him in front of the dude to earn his trust that way instead. That would have been more interesting to me. Yeah, that's another step too far for hardcore but I'll give you, I would have preferred the group that found him not be the leader of the guard, mm-hmm. not be the only guy looking for the needle in a stack of needles, yeah. which plenty of the shows and the movies make that mistake. I mean, it's just like Jessica Jones, if you ever heard me talk about that, which on the show you might have. Jessica Jones needed one more mid-level bad guy, so they got one. Uh, they got it in the form of uh, Hellcat's boyfriend, the cop who happens to be the only cop in New York that's part of a secret military organization that takes rage pills and might have also created Jessica Jones and somehow Kilgrave, the purple man, David Tennant, managed to pick that guy out of everyone. Oh, yeah, go beat down the door of uh, uh, Patsy Walker. You know, kill her and then come back. Really? Needle and a stack of needles, man. Absolutely not. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, that's... 
that is going to happen. I mean, it's 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 not great script writing, but it does happen, and it'll happen to the best of writers out there. It yeah. makes a it makes a nice package. He doesn't kill things, but it's just Hollywood's giant circle. Yeah. Well, well that's why I think overall, as, as far as Marvel movies go, I mean, it got like a it's it's at like a ninety two or ninety three percent on Rotten Tomato. Like it's it's got amazing reviews, and I think to me it was it's in the bottom rung of Marvel movies for me. Like I I enjoyed so many more Marvel movies better than I enjoyed Black Panther, and it's not for any reason except for like some of the stuff I was like ah. That's kind of weird. That's kind of hokey. Like, there was a lot of really cool things in it that I really enjoyed. And I, I don't dislike any Marvel movies, really. Like, I, I, I put the the first and the second Thor in the bottom rung for me. I didn't like those movies as much. But the third Thor I thought was fantastic. But you hate the third Thor movie. So it's I, don't, like, I don't hate it, but you it's not. It. It's, it's you not. just don't like fun. <laughs> it's, when it's stupid fun, you're right. It's too comedic. I agree. Stupid fun, not my favorite. I would say, like, if I was putting it in the pile of Marvel films, I would say it was probably high middle for me. I mean, something's got to be on the bottom. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, it is. It's like Thor, Thor 2. Thor 2 is the bottom for me. <laughs> Take that, Thor. I, just, I think Thor just hasn't got the balance. You know, the first film was, it needed to be more serious, I guess. And needed to have dire stakes. The second film is too serious. The stakes are too dire. The third film need to lighten it up some. The third film's too damn light. They've just they've done an amazing job taking B characters and making them incredible. Which that's true. The Ant Man movie was if let's just say I walked up to some person on the street who doesn't read comic books and doesn't know anything about comic books, be like, hey, you want a free ticket to this movie called Ant Man? They're gonna be like, that sounds horrible. Like, no, I don't. But if you're like, hey, do you want to go see this movie called The Avengers? They're like, oh, that sounds kind of exciting. So I thought Ant-Man was like super great. I thought it was awesome. But like Thor, I was weaker in. Like Black Panther, I thought was just, it was all right. Like on the, like on the whole spectrum of Marvel movies, it just, it was the bottom third for me. So. No, that's fine. As far as movies, I think, I don't know. I guess it's more turned into like a, a show about, what was wrong with Black Panther, which I would like to start it that way. Because <laughs> there's plenty of things I can see wrong with it. Oh. Well, I I didn't think we were into that point yet. I thought the gold necklace was the best part. Were you talking about the one that he got from his grandfather? Just any of them. Any of them. <laughs> <laughs> any of the gold necklaces? Well, when they were up in the crib, yeah. Oh, they, young they had some Whitaker fancy... And, uh, they did they, have they some fancy necklaces. Yeah. His dad's eye creeped me out, though. I'll tell you what. So you talking about you talking about T'Challa's dad? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what happened to him between the two movies, but oh man, he does have a that eye. It was it was rough. The eye the eye was rough. I, I'll give you that. <laughs> it it threw me. It, it's not the only thing that threw me out of the movie at at points. There was times where the music threw me out of the movie, but well, here's here's the thing that like after doing some research after the fact that I'm just kind of just. Really oh, confused about. Hold, hold on, try that again. I just bumped it with my shoulder. So, the whole thing I think about the movie that, that confused me the most about doing some research after the fact is that back when Black Panther, the comic book, it predates the Black Panthers, like the the, the movement in general, the black yeah. militant movement mm-hmm. of the 1960s and 70s. So when that came around, Marvel Comics changed into the Black Leopard. 
to like to to separate themselves from that for but, a little bit. Yeah. But in this movie, they bring it back around and they start this whole thing in Oakland, California, where the Black Panther militant movement began and made it a part of all that. And it's just like they separated at one point, but then they bring it back to it now, and it's just like. You know, I don't think either one of those two things are connect to each other. I think the idea that where they're at in California with it is just because it's easy to paint California as a troubled black area. I mean, they could have gone to Georgia, but no, they, they, it, was, it was on purpose. Like they could have done, they could have done L.A., they could have done San Diego, they could have done they anywhere, done but LA, they picked Oakland true. purposely. Huh. Like that's a purposeful thing. That I mean, well, I mean, you, you also got to think about what was going on at the time and how the times have changed and our perception of things have changed. Uh, when you look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they are very shy about the Nazis. They they would rather it be Hydra instead of it being the Nazis. That's the Nazi true. Party. Yeah. Um, and they really want to push that. And I, I don't think it's because they want to be like, the Nazis were okay. I, I just think that they, they're trying to change the way that some of their themes are done. During that time, the Black Panther movement had a lot of um, I don't want to say toxicity to it, but it was it was looked at in a very different light. And what was going on could have erupted into kind of like almost street war. Yeah. Um, and so Marvel kind of just took a step back. And it is kind of a a different look at Marvel because I mean when they were when they were making Captain America originally, there was people protesting at Timely, I believe. I believe Are you Captain about America the was talking about the comic. No, books. I'm talking about the comic book. Okay, world. go I, on. I think I think it was still Timely at the time. There were people protesting Captain America because they didn't think that Captain America's involvement in World War II was uh, appropriate. Because there was some pretty strong support for some of the stuff that was going on in Germany before we we saw the chambers, and like we kind of got that righteous indignation. Because there's there's like a documentary with Stan talking about crossing the picket line to go into work to work on Captain America because people were mad that that it was different than the views that they had at the time. Uh, Marvel has been big on that. Uh, they, they kind of jump on different social things and they have kind of run with it. And so it's not surprising to me to hear that they wanted to separate themselves from the Black Panther movement and now kind of want to associate a little bit. Throw it back to history. Yeah. Know? Because I mean, like, uh, I, I don't know how many people here are familiar with Brother Voodoo. But Brother Voodoo basically came into existence because New York had a fad where witchcraft and voodoo was really in in fashion. It was like a real normal thing to get into voodoo in New York. And they created Brother Voodoo solely out of that fad. So it's not an uncommon thing for them to follow kind of a trend or an idea that's out there in the real world. I don't know. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. It it is kind of now when we look at it. Like I don't know how how people think of the Black Panthers. I I thought of them. I think of them now in my, you know, years of life coming from the from the eighties, well after 
a lot of the significance of the Black Panther well, they were, was, they were, was changed. I mean, they were basically shut down by the U.S. government. Like, where, where in in that in relation, like another a militant a militant white group as as such as the Ku Klux the Ku Klux Klan were never shut down. And it's it's I mean, you, you can go we can get into a race conversation. I don't think that's our point in any way, shape, or form. But like, the Black Panthers did a lot of amazing things for like inner city, they, they, like feeding like after school programs like helping get food to people who didn't like, less fortunate and things like that they did a lot of amazing things but they get shown as just as a very militant group and that's not the case mm. no, the, Texas, so. the, the pieces that were toxic were just so toxic that that's all they ever got focused on yeah and i think that's that that's kind of where i was trying to get at like at the time people were afraid of the Black Panthers and they were afraid of what it represented and what it could be and they didn't see the good that it could do and that it did do Whereas, you know, where I've come from in my life, I've kind of always thought of, like, the Black Panthers, yeah, they had their dangerous side, but they did more good than bad. And so, yeah, it, it, it's surprising to me that they would go, well, let's change him to Black Leopard, because, like, the association doesn't seem so bad. But I'm sure at the time, it seemed like a good idea to change that name. Well, sure. At the time, I mean. And, and I mean, once once everything's said and done... As much as I would like to think that, you know, these characters are living and breathing and real things and these stories, you know, come from a magic place, they, they are ultimately a business. And that business has to answer to continuing to be profitable and selling. Sure. You know, so if people are afraid at the time, changing the name of the book or cancel the book, it's not really out of the realm of possibility. So I guess in, in a way we should be happy that Black Panther has endured. That's true. That's a good point. So, they uh, didn't kill him in general. They didn't kill him in general. Mm. Is that why Duke Thomas, the signal is not Drake now? Instead he's the signal because they didn't want people to be considering him with uh, Drake the rapper. <laughs> I, you, I have you, no idea. No? Do you okay. think that he has to pay Storm alimony because he's so much wealthier than she is duke I mean, thomas never oh no, black, panther. black panther no he's the king of wakanda when he decided that wedding was done it was done he annuls it just like a judge if you're the judge and you're like my wedding's over you just tell the wife yeah we're done and you sign a piece of paper and it's over right yeah, he, he did he did actually annul it i can imagine that that's actually how it would work because you'd probably have to go to wakanda to go to wakanda court and he would probably just hit the gavel and be like, nope, I don't owe you anything. <laughs> In fact, if you make money, you owe me something. Actually, that sweet bracelet that you like call me, like that you can, that we call our cell phone bracelets. Leave that here. Yeah. yeah I want that back. They never had kids. You don't get alimony without kids. No, that's child support. Alimony is you oh, pay just your yeah. wife. Right. Well. And or husband. Does he collect a paycheck? I mean, I know he lives in a castle and has magic powers suits you could have henry the eighth shiny cut her head things. off maybe she should just feel lucky that she didn't get her oh no, right? black panther's a, he's a civil man it, at times like the the whole black panther storm divorce is it's a sore subject for me it's, a, <laughs> it's an odd it's an odd odd thing it's because you got so, set on the when you got invited to the wedding you were set on the bride side that's why maybe Maybe. I, it was very confusing, and it happened outside of X-Men, which is also odd. Yeah. You know. This ain't working. We're done. <laughs> Perfect. 
You and I have unrecognizable, un- unsolvable differences. You shaved your head back into that mohawk, and I don't like it. We're done. I say, I think that's just the vampire, which there's two of them now. Well, she did have the mohawk for a minute. Did she? Okay. There's two storms, not two vampires, although there is a lot of vampires. <laughs> <laughs> there's two storms, not two vampires. Yeah. Oh. There, is a, there is a bunch of vampires out there. That's true. That is That is true. Lots of vampires. You gotta pay attention to what's going on in, in Marvel. You can't, you can't turn away. Cause things happen very fast. That's true. You blink and Kitty Pride's married to Colossus. Yeah. Which, which is not surprising. But are you blink they, are again. Actually married? Is that not happen? yet. So it's that coming. Happen. Yeah. It's so they coming. might blow up before then. You, yeah. know. you blink again true. and they're gonna be divorced. That's true. And Kitty is gonna be a vampire and there's gonna be two of her. Hopefully. No, cause Jubilee's a vampire. They can't both be vampires. I don't think she's a vampire anymore. They can do what they want. She might not be, I guess. We'll see. I have to read the last issue. I don't. I, I guess I don't know if that fixed her at the end of that or not. I kind of so think it did. I, I think, think, we'll I, I think ultimately, though, to get back on on subject here. On subject of Black Panther. I don't. Nobody's I, here for Black Panther, I, are they? I, if anybody's curious and they and like they're listening to this because we didn't really spoil that much, like they're probably confused as crap. But like. I, I enjoyed this movie better than I did. I was going to say we any, could probably get to the point whether we liked it or not. Any DC movie. I thought it was better than Wonder Woman. Oh, man. Well, that's that's not fair. No, you can't compare the two things. you got to go back to Iron Man 2. I like Iron Man 2. That, that point, was great. Only because you like Mickey Rourke. That's the only reason. No, because I like Robert Downey Jr. No. Mickey I think I can make a movie about, like... I, I know a lot of people don't like Iron Man 2. I like Iron Man 2. I think it's I think great. It's okay. I like Iron, Iron Man 2 better than Iron Man 3. we got to not talk on top of each other. You go again. Josh, you go. Again. I liked Iron Man two better than Iron Man three. So, Iron Man two is a remake of Iron Man one. Giant robot battle at the end. <laughs> you see, I I still like it. I think one was good. Two was a great progression. Three, three I think was contract issues, but I think it was still good. I I think it, it would have been better had he been the real Mandarin. But if if they do that, it's still going to be amazing. Do you mean where they bring him back as a real Mandarin? Yeah. Which I guess is a possibility through rumors. It's, it's a possibility, but I don't think we're going to have Robert that long. Huh. I don't know. I if, if you do, if you go my way, this is going to totally ruin what we finally got on track again for a second, and now we're completely off again. Poor people are like, this thing is two hours long, and I learned nothing. <laughs> ah, my I God. people think about this movie way too much. Well, at this point, we're not even, not even that movie. Oh. I think about the Marvel movies too much. Well, in general, at this point, yes. Okay. I, I think Infinity War, for me, you kill Iron Man, bring him back with the uh, Soul Gem, or not the Soul Gem, the... Uh, uh, the so should we wait until, like, the end to talk about uh, this? We probably should talk about this at all. I'm just saying you kill him, replace him with one of the gems, and recast him. And that's how you do it, because when he was rebuilt, he looks better. Or different. Younger. Okay. That's how I would do it. Contract be damned. He's going to stick around for as long as it, he wants to, because that's what he does. Oh, Junior? Yeah, well, at this point, the man can. He's fantastic. Robert, did you like that movie? I mean, Black, Black Panther, Panther movie? We, do yeah. we want to do number rating? Or do we want to just say sure. we liked it or didn't Yeah, like yeah, it let's do number rating. Okay. One through five, same way we play with the comic books. You know what? I I actually enjoyed it. Um, I had a lot of trepidations because at this point for me, Marvel Marvel has to prove me wrong. Like, they've done such a great job with titles that I had no idea that they could make. Ant-Man, Guardians, continuing with Avengers, getting the people around me to, to like, 
take a chance on Black Panther was a lot harder than I thought, and it kind of started bringing me down about what I thought this film could be. I'd give it a four. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought that the message wasn't too overbearing. I thought it was a great new addition to the Marvel Universe, and I think it opens the Marvel Universe's doors to a more like complete world. Um, and I rewatching Civil War just not too long ago, Black Panther definitely needed some evolving, and I think he got it. So I'd say four. All right. Josh, what did you think of that movie? I gave it a two and a half. Um, on the Marvel scale, on the grand scale of comic book movies, it's in the it's in a it's a four. But on the on the Mar in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, when they've done such amazing things like taken B characters like the Guardians of the Galaxy and made it them so amazing, I was like a two and a half. I was I was kind of disappointed. So since there's only one scale, you're going with two and a half. Okay, right. I, I'd say three. That's in the middle. Okay. The hit for, hey, two for him because Rob said okay. that I gave three. it a two. I went lower. Okay, it's even worse then. No, hey, two. That's okay. The point is to have your own opinion. One and a half. You're, you're a big man. One and a half. <laughs> Doesn't just keep keep going down. <laughs> Do we ever approve negative numbers? I don't think so. This was Quest mm. for Peace all over again. I gave it a one. Whoa. Oh my gosh, that's pretty. Bad. That's bad news, man. <laughs> I love Chris Reeve, and even I don't really like that movie a lot. Yeah, it's tough. That's a tough one to it's like. It's a hard one. To, if it was Dolph Lundgren as the other Superman, then that'd be awesome. But it's not. You want to get so, all political on me, Quest for it's Peace too style? I give you a one. Quest for Peace. Take mm. away the fun. Take away my fun. I'll I was, show you. I was just trying to balance out your two ratings. Rob ruined it for you, Mark. No, that's true. He's trying to. I, I guess it did. Black Helping. Panther's average is terrible now. Well, <laughs> man. Okay. Score wise, I give it a three and a half. Half for Josh's nonsense, and then because I think it should have been a three. As far as movies, it's not a bad movie. The action sequences are great. The fight sequences are great. <laughs> Both actors are awesome. I mean, Michael B. Jordan is amazing. Like, the dude's great. Like, everybody in this movie is really, really good at what they do. Yeah. All the CGI was amazing. All the battle sequences are amazing. You made writable rhinos. What? Freaking amazing. Beautiful movie. All the, just in general, the way the thing works is awesome. Are they glaring holes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's definitely problems. But as far as a movie, I mean, I give it three and a half score-wise. Do we talk about things that are bad for a minute? and then we'll... um, Let me let me throw in one more good thing. Okay. One, one thing that I thought they did fantastic was actually bringing in the extending cast for Black Panther. His sister is great. The lady playing his mom was fantastic. The way that they did the society was great. Even that guy with the crazy lip thing. Yes was awesome because it really set up that this is a world that we're maybe not accustomed to. Sure. Um, but the sheer amount of female strong characters that were just there and were just awesome without smashing us over the head was great. The setup for how, how well we proportion the strength of our characters in this film were really well done. And what I mean by that is that Killmonger, when he fights Black Panther earlier in the film, it makes sense that he would lose. He doesn't feel like a paper villain like Justice League's um, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. 
who's just powerful because we said he's powerful. But they do a great job of having a lot of feminine characters that are very strong, that don't feel like they're stronger or more important than our main character. And I, I just think that they did a great job of that without really beating us over the head with it. And even his sister, who doesn't have like a lot of physical strength, comes across really well without overstepping Black Panther. And I just thought that they did a great job of that. Balance-wise, yeah. yeah. And I'm glad that Everett Ross wasn't the enemy. I I was so worried about that. As soon as they were like, but what would happen if he knows about the stuff in Wakanda? I was like, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I was just glad that it wasn't the case. Let's let's talk about how we we need a a spin-off movie about... M'Baku, that guy was awesome. The Mountain Gorilla Tribe, those dudes were so rad. That was the best part of the movie for you know me. What? I didn't even think he was going to be in the film because a dude with a gorilla head mask, not going to fly on the film. <laughs> and it worked. It worked. Well, we, so good. Those guys are great. However, earlier when we were talking about the list of Black Panther arches, he's one of the very few that's on that yeah. list. That, that'll that be something that I, I'll bring up when we get to something that we didn't like. Okay. He should give him one of those Black Panther suits. But make a gorilla one for him. A gorilla suit? He owes him now. He owes him a favor. <laughs> I don't think it's that kind of favor. Well, well maybe... Yeah, at this point, they're supposed to be balanced. Life. life for a life. They're, they're balanced. Yeah. Life for a life, because Black Panther didn't kill him. Yeah, he let him sur- a cookie, surrender. Maybe like, hey, man, that cookie you gave me was really good, so here's one with a cherry on it. That's like giving him an extra cookie. You don't want to give him an extra cookie. Right. Give well, him an extra well cookie. maybe it'll just bring more peace in between the two tribes. So they share the cookie. Well, he was there. Well, at the, he was there at the end together. at the round table, like which he wouldn't have been there before. So right. that's already happened. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. He's kind of like Iron Man's war machine. So like he needs to give him a. That's not the same at all. It's totally the same. No. Thing. Yeah. No. Now he's he's more like a reluctant villain who's turned hero. So he's like he's he's like Bucky Barnes, like kinda. the like okay. the U.S. Winter, government, Winter Soldier, and Iron Patriot. Okay. Yeah. I, I'd see him more like Winter Soldier, where he's he's like reluctantly an ally now, and maybe he's starting to see the benefits of being an ally. Or Although, it's just really cold in the mountains. He just doesn't like getting out of the mountains every once in a while. I don't think you understand. He likes the cold. I mean, you saw what he was wearing. I don't think he does, really. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. So to the negatives now? To the negatives. Sure. I don't see why not. Who wants to go first? Because it's going to destroy the movie. If you guys like the movie, this is where you punch out of the show. Just saying. I mean, you'll miss the books to watch if we do that at the end, but this is where you punch out if you're like, this movie's the best movie I've ever seen. Don't tell me, but otherwise. Uh, for, for me, some of the negatives are they kind of begin with this idea that they're not going to kill, and then we're killing people left and right, and we're kind of making jokes about it. At least Black Panther doesn't say anything about, like, oh, I'm not going to kill people, because he clearly does. The gorilla tribe probably would have been a better choice to be the one that uh, Killmonger goes to with the body of Claw because at least he he has legitimate beef with Wakanda and the Wakanda royal family. Had they done anything to cement the idea that the warrior tribe or the Afghan-wearing tribe that raises the war rhinos had some kind of unease with T'Challa or with the idea of succession... Like, the warrior guy who wanted to challenge him, but his elder was like, no, no, T'Challa's the king. You know, it would have sold better to me, his complete reversal. More so than, oh, you didn't come back with Claw? Obviously, you're not going to do anything. 
You're just another politician. I'm going to sell my wife and everybody I know down the river and kill my own people. Because... Until my rhino sells me out. Reasons. Yeah, well... She has better treats in her pocket. That's true. That's true. Well, it work. You have to see who, who he really had the love for. Evidently, it was Rhino. The fact that they, they don't have any moment at the end, in those last minutes, when, when he's dying and he's got the, the dagger in his chest, where T'Challa doesn't go, like, we could find a place for you. We wronged you, and we, we should try to make this better. For me, a more convincing ending would have been when he, he, he tells him, like, well, we can heal you. And he's like, what, for me to be in a prison for the rest of my life? I'm going to live that way. Him to be like, no, we can, we can find a place. We can find a way for you to continue. And then him still pull the thing out because he's like, I'm not going to live under your heel. Whatever. Also, that he doesn't address anything about, I'm going to be free, like my brothers in the sea. Like the kind of freedom that he's trying to say he wants, like that freedom that he's saying doesn't exist. And I would love to have a line there, too, where Black Panther says like that that kind of freedom doesn't exist. Because his, his whole idea is flawed. His, his notion that he was striving for doesn't really exist. And he, he had it in his hands in Wakanda. But he couldn't see that. You know, his, his desire to, like, conquer everything or to control everything, his hurt was so great that he couldn't let any of that go. Well, yeah, and I, part, of, part of what I don't like about this movie is, like, the end of Civil, or of Civil War, Black Panther learns exactly that. Having rage in you and that being your only fuel isn't isn't right and isn't good. And he saves Baron Zemo from killing himself because of that. Then we get to this movie, and it's like the same lesson again, but this time he failed. And they're teaching that same lesson to Bucky Barnes in a in an igloo down like by the river. It's like, give me a break, man. Like just put him down there and let them hang out with each other and learn from one another it's more of a hut but yeah go on you know what maybe, a stick glue a stick glue a stick glue maybe you know what? i didn't think about that maybe what they were trying to show is that black panther did learn that lesson but killmonger can't or refuses to he can't let go maybe maybe that's what they were trying to show for me i think the bucky barnes thing is just a smart tie-up because if you had to have run away from the city you couldn't leave bucky behind right so i mean that that was just a smart tie-in for me yeah they wouldn't be able to leave him inside the inside the uh the the, the man all of a sudden the words In, inside of wakanda me. inside of the well the throne the, the crown it's not a throne room no he he was like in the mountain i think in, bucky in her or it, bucky was yeah i think yeah. he was inside her where, where he was he wasn't something they had to worry about saving also because if they left him inside the capital he's, there you go he's way away from he's yeah. like way out in the woods somewhere like in a different but like area. rob said i think the only reason that's there is to cement that idea because if you were like well they saved the mom and dot and sister what about bucky i think they just wanted to show that they didn't forget him but th- those were the moments for me that i think were bad a- aside from of course the claw how did how did he know where Wakanda is? I I still think that's a real problem. But anyhow, when, what were your guys' thoughts? Oh, it, it just shows that like forgiveness isn't. I mean, his 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 friend who raises the rhinos like has no. He's he's still mad at Claw. Like he didn't let that go. Like the Michael B. Jordan tried to take over his country and like did all these terrible things and he killed 
you know, Forrest Whitaker's character, so he's like all pissed off. Like, if if I was the king, I'd be like, yeah, just keep killing yourself, man. Like, seriously, I would. I'd be like, I, I mean, that shows the uh, that shows his humanness. I'd be like, I mean, I, yeah, I guess he learned forgiveness to an extent, but like let him kill himself he's gonna be a jerk and come in here and throw his weight around and try and take over and like okay just kill yourself it's whatever it's not worth my time i'm not gonna try and convince you to not kill yourself bro (laughs) well i mean ultimately it was probably the right choice because i mean even if killmonger was to be healed there's there's always the possibility that he would just try it again it's in his name killmonger well yeah i guess that's true i guess he could cut both his arms off I mean, Daffodil Lad never tries to take over. No, he doesn't. It isn't his name. Then he gets two robot arms, and he's twice as bad. Then he's Jax from Mortal Kombat. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. You saw that guy rip people's arms off. He was tough. Yeah. Brutal. Not very good movies, but still a brutal character. No, bad movies. I don't know. As far as, like, problems, I think my, my only real issue with the whole movie unravels the whole movie, which is what is my main problem, I guess, with movies in general. My problem is that Black Panther, Chitala never says, he doesn't talk to anyone. No. Like at all. And it completely, if he did, yeah, it would unravel everything. But God forbid you open your damn mouth, guy. Killmonger shows up. Oh, yeah, we found this guy on the border. He had the body of the claw. And uh, he doesn't say, oh, this is the dude that helped the claw escape. Yes. He didn't say, oh, this is the dude whose dad killed your dad. Oh, by the way, Grandpa or Dad Papa... Messed up. Yeah, yeah. This is my cousin. That That's all true. Sorry, Mom. You never knew. But Uncle sold this out to the Claw. Because all of a sudden, it totally would defuse all of Leader of the Guard's anger at Chitala. Because the dude, he just walked in the, in the city. His dad's the one that killed his parents. So you want to talk about family lines back to the beginning of anger. All of a sudden, his entire issue with Chitala fades away. Because, yeah, this dude handed you the claw's body, but this dude's dad let the claw in. So, what are you doing? I, I agree to to a point. Now, I will I will put a diffuser in there. Um, yeah, had, had he said, like, this is the man that helped claw escape. Right. He's the same man who broke claw out of my custody. I would have felt better about that whole scene. Sure. Um... But- one of the things that was pointed out to me, and it actually is kind of a good thing for his character, for for T'Challa, they talk about him freezing, and especially he freezes around the girlfriend, or the ex-girlfriend. Not really, sort of. Sort of, yeah. But uh, most of the time, it's his like flash decision-making, or making quick decisions, or thinking about decisions calculatively. And we see him fail on that a couple of times. One when she shows up, one when uh, Ross has Claw in his custody, and then again in the throne room, where he's not ready to confront his mom and the rest of the people about the lineage of this man, and he thinks he can kind of keep it on the down low until he's ready. And so, I mean, it's kind of connected to his character, but at the same time, it is a blurring problem. Like, had he just communicated, it would have changed things. Could it have completely ruined the film? Maybe not. Maybe, you know, Rhino Master is just like, whatever. It's going to well, happen. Maybe. I mean, the the challenge for the throne would still be would still be a thing. But as far as, like, the aftermath of it, when he shows up at the end and he's like, oh, yeah, the fight ain't over, dude. 
And then he's like, take out the light work, guys. Well, I'm pretty sure that even though, regardless, at least some of the soldiers should have been like, uh, dude, we shouldn't do this. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Like, at least one of them should have been like, uh, are you sure about this, man? Like, it seems like this is a bad choice. I think that's why it would have been better had it been the guerrilla tribe. Because they would have at least had a reason to be like, a reason to want yeah, to kill let's him. keep fighting. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, like that, that whole thing would unravel that whole side of things. Now, would the fight turn out different? Probably not. Would the whole him ascending thing turn out different? Eh. I mean, I don't know. But the end all be all of it is that his place in the kingdom would have been tainted very differently than the way it was exposed. And if that's supposed to be a shortcoming of the Black Panther, well, I guess that's all right, except it makes him kind of a dummy. And like, if you're going to give him a sequel, I don't want another sequel about a dummy. Well, speaking of dummies, though, did his dad really have to push the his br- own brother away with, like, claws into the chest? Like, does, I mean, did that well, have to Because they're on his hands, man. They're already out. Really, though? Like, he, like you he was, have to, like... He was showing off. Like, he had him extended. You couldn't, like, kick him or, like, punch him. You have to, like, stab him in the chest. You're like, look out, Forrest Whitaker Jr. Like, you can't just, like... It wasn't Jr., baby Forrest Whitaker. Whitaker. Like, you, you have to, like... Kali Ma, I'm right in the chest. You can't just like push what? him out of the he way. He didn't tear out his heart. Okay? Basically, no. It, it was enough. It was enough. It was enough to like it killed him. So yeah, I, I that, um, that that was another another weak part of the movie. At the end of the day, my one, I stand with my one. <laughs> I I still think that that was a matter of like he he just felt like there's there's no going back for him now. He's become so conditioned by the world outside that if I brought him back, he would just tear down society. You should have headbutted him in the face instead. That would have been better. I'm more surprised that he didn't try to shoot Black Panther. And he's like, no, I'm going to take out Forrest Whitaker. You've been hanging out with me, bud. You're not going to shoot the guy I told you. Turn yourself in, dude. You're going to shoot the other guy? But his willingness to just kill a fellow just because he got found out. How can you ever trust him again? Like, I kind of understand the decision that the Black Panther makes. This is his own brother, though. Yeah. Would you, would you stab CBS in the heart? No, I'd let him destroy the country. <laughs> you would. Which is a bad choice. You would. You'd be like, you're right. <laughs> I, I don't think that's why I'm not the king. You already hate everything. Let's just hate everything together. <laughs> and I'll just not hate things in quiet. <laughs> well, maybe if he wasn't wearing the razor blade claw gloves while he was shaking down his brother, that'd be different. He's clearly wearing him to show off. I, I do like that he's Black Panther Ninja, though. Oh yeah, that's and, the, cool. and the Grace Jones ladies. They're afraid. <laughs> I wanted I wanted Grace Jones to show up in the movie. I don't know if she's alive anymore or not, but I wanted her in the movie so bad. After that, I was like, just give me Grace Jones. In case anybody doesn't already know, there's like a million other like black superhero movies. There's not. I mean, this isn't the first one. In case you're confused, <laughs> that's like the worst thing about it all. I like how we save that to the end. That's the best part. The, the we're going to talk about stupid, yeah. Well, there's a whole list. You want to round robin? Josh, what do you got? Blank man. Damon Wayans. It's more of a comedy, and he is handy. Well, he had, technically, he had a cape, so. Rob? Uh, we have Meteor Man. Okay. Also had a cape. Powers from, from a meteor, that's true. Yep. Powers from a meteor. Understand He's probably instantaneously. Wakandian. Oh, he could have been. He was a teacher meteor? from meteor? Harlem. He's not from Wakanda. He could have been the meteor, same thing. As we never saw underneath his lip, right? There you so go. Maybe. Okay, so that's the, the brother. Maybe that's the other movie. The prequel. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> he was an inner city teacher in Oakland? That's maybe. not. Yes, that's no. more like Black Lightning. Different company? Whatever. Yeah, true. And it's a TV show. 
That's not before, though. We're going with movies before, right? Well, I'm going to take the Blade then, because that's the easy answer. One, two, Blade, and three. All three. Josh? I'm just going to steal the whole show and go steal with Shaq. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> well, see, the, the thing with Blade is, like, you could probably argue, like, well, it's the first good one then. But, like, Blade was really good. It was. Blade blew things up. Blade was better than a source material. Hancock was the best one, I think. That's not true. I think Hancock was great. Abs- no. No? It, it was fun, yes. Not best one? No. Where he shoves that yeah. guy's head up his own yeah. butt? Or the other guy? Yeah. It was yeah. Awesome. Absolutely it's not. His own centipede. And then what about the Luke Cage TV show? Yeah. That didn't happen before. Black Panther? No. Yeah, it did. Luke Cage, oh, hang on, sorry. What are you talking about? Right, it did. Yeah, I think it aired before No, it definitely Civil did. What about Spawn? In there, I was thinking about their origins. Yeah, Spawn as well. Can you keep going? Is uh, that, that it? You run out of them? Men in Black? It's not a superhero. Yes, they are superheroes. No. No. Kazam? That's, <laughs> That's two shaggy <shy> superhero movies. <laughs> He's a, he's a genie. He's a genie. So. I don't know if that's really qualifies. <laughs> is a genie considered a superhero? What well, does that mean? Shaft counts too? Because if you're counting Men in Black, you definitely got to count Shaft. No. Yes, and that leads to who? Roadblock. No, Roadblock from GHO. Black Dynamite. Man. Oh, Black Dynamite. Yes. Ha- no. Two parts of the same coin. That's true. Roadblock's just a military man. Don't get me wrong. When The Rock plays him, I guess he's more like a superhero. But nevertheless, sure. that's because The Rock's a superhero it's like we started. Rock in any movie. How, how is it that I liked the film the best and I was the one with the most complaints? No. I have more complaints, but the kind you can't talk to in open public. No. Because they lead to lots of swear words. Because there was no nudity? <laughs> well, was fr- that was my that, frustration. That wasn't one, but the rhinos weren't wearing clothes till the end. That's true. That was, it was probably my biggest anger is that, like, how come nobody's thought about like putting armor on rhinos and riding them before? Like this is the first time. <laughs> we had that's elephants brilliant. in Lord of the Rings. I mean, giant same, elephants. That's true. Elephants. Same ideas for the most part. Guys riding them, swinging off them like full in huts and stuff. Awesome. It was cool, and it was a good tie back. You know, we seen him raising the the rhinos earlier. That's true. I was... I just uh, you clear up so much if there was just animosity with him. If he was just like, I don't really like you that much, T'Challa. <laughs> like, it would have sold it so much better. They were they were so tight. So you and then he's just immediately like, nope, this guy brought like, me yeah, the dead brought body me claw, of claw. But like, I'm just going to sell out my best friend and king just because you brought yeah. me claw. And my girlfriend or wife or whatever they were. That was, that was kind of questionable, too. And my rhino. I basically sold out yeah. his rhino, too. I'm just going to burn everything. I'm going to burn the whole world. Because this guy brought me claw. That's how much I care about death, death of claw. So what you're saying is you needed a scene when the two of them were kids, Chital and him, and they're both on the playground, and Chital gets the, I don't know, the shiny quarter, and he's like, mm, you're going to pay for that. No, I mean, you just... He steals his corn dog. There was a lot of... Yeah. E- there was just a lot of easy spots that could have been... That could have sold animosity. Yeah, that's true. That just doesn't exist. Because they, they seem too tight for him to just turn on him so quickly. And I know it's a movie convention... He was flipped, and so he's flipped forever. Can't come back, Rob. But especially it's just too much. It just—it's just like Wonder Woman. Like it got too much hype, and it—it it made it seem like way better than it was, and it wasn't that good. So that's see, I, I would disagree. I still think it's really good. I still think it is. You know, I agree that there was too much hype, but I still think it was a good movie. It does have a 
a lot of hype. Yeah. And it's hype like like we just illustrated for wrong reasons sometimes. Just going with it being like, oh, it's the first blank superhero movie. Well, no, it's not. You can't even say it's the first good black superhero movie because there's been really good black superhero movies before. There's a lot of bad ones. That's well, that's true. There's a lot of bad, bad white superhero still. movies. Huh? Oh yeah. There's a lot of bad white superhero movies. There's yeah. a lot of bad superhero movies in general. It's not oh, yes. black or white or green or blue or red. It's just like there's really good superhero movies and there's really bad ones. Yep. And there's a couple in the middle that are just decent. That's and this true. is one of the ones that is just decent. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. I mean. We we might be ready for another bad one coming up here soon. Spectacular Spider-Man. Have you seen the trailers for that? The the animated one? No, there's a live action. At least I've seen. Maybe maybe it's a fan made, and I'm just. I think you're. The hype. I think you're. I think you're. You're on crack or something. May not crack. I should probably change that. I think you're confused. I might be. Cause uh, there's not another Spider-Man movie that I'm aware of. Although I did see batch of deleted scenes from Amazing, the second the second of me or. Maybe. First amazing Spider-Man, the, the Andrew Garfield, where they revealed that his dad was still alive in the uh, cemetery. Oh, it's from the second one, sorry. After Gwen Stacy's death and his constant visits to the f- gravesite over months and months and months. One time his dad decided to visit him in that batch of movies, deleted scenes. I don't know why I bring that up. <laughs> yeah, let's... let's bad. Okay, so... If you're going to talk about Spider-Man for just a second and talk about good and bad and this and that. Sure. Spider-Man Homecoming was amazing. Heck yeah. And they took a character who had been introduced 50 times before that. They didn't do any backstory and they just threw him into the Marvel Universe. Because and they made he had ama- the other backstories. That's yeah, the no, but they just did an amazing movie. Yes, that's true. With a whole new actor, a whole new everything. Yeah. And like Black Panther was just weak. You had all this stuff to go off of and you just... No, yeah. well, Black Panther didn't have any backstory. Yeah. Like his st- backstory came from Civil War. If you're gonna try to compare the two, then this be fair for a second. They were both introduced in Civil War, so I'm going to. No, no, but that's not true because Sony has a whole pile of Spider-Man movies before that. Five of them. Yeah, we don't count those though. No, they still exist in the pop culture. People saw them. <laughs> they also get a new cartoon every other year. So, anyway. so, like, Spider-Man, you can't compare those two characters that way. Well, I did. Well, I did. I'm you going did, to. So. But you're flawed in your So if you got a problem with it, I'm telling email you. us and tell us yeah. how you feel about it. Yeah, well, we know Josh doesn't care. I'm just going to add and be like, you know who said you were wrong? Bill2935 at AOL.com. He says you suck. And then we'll call him on the show and talk to him about it. It's not only if he gives his phone number. And I'll tell him he's wrong. But he's right. <laughs> he's right. Because Black Panther... Versus the Spider-Man idea, you can't know. If, if you never ever seen Spider-Man ever, you never were aware of which is Homecoming, you'd be you like, can't. this guy's awesome. You can't. No, you can't. Yeah. So there's no possible I, way. You'd have to go to some foreign country and find somebody who's never seen Spider-Man ever and then sit him down and be like, watch these two movies and tell me which one's better. Homecoming. Well, Michael Keaton is fantastic. Michael Keaton's the greatest actor of all time. We already Michael know that. Michael Keaton? Oh, yeah. Michael Keaton does make that movie rule. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's, it's saying a bit because I don't really have much of a tie to Black Panther, but I'd say they, I'd say they're pretty, pretty even. There's some problems with Spider-Man too. So you know what's not, not a problem? We're not here to talk about that. What's that? How hot Aunt May is. That's Marissa not a problem. T- Marissa Tomei. 
She's a foxy lady. Fantastic. Is that enough about Black Panther? I mean, that wasn't really what this was even about. So, so whether you liked the movie or you didn't like the movie, go see it because it's worth seeing, and it goes with all, oh, yeah. it goes with everything that's going on, and it's going to really introduce, I think, Infinity War. It's going to make a huge well, like introduce a lot of. Things I can I, I can say straight up that if you didn't watch this movie at all and saw Infinity War, you'd be fine. <laughs> I, I, no, I mean, trying to be positive. Come on, it's man. still good. It's still a good movie to see. Don't yeah. lie to people. It's a good movie. I, I think I I think you're actually I think you're right on that though. I I think it's going to have a lasting impact in the Marvel U in the cultural side of it. Sure, and that we're going to see Wakanda popping up here and there, kind of like we have Shield that was kind of binding everything together for a while, but it's not nearly as an integral as Thor is. Like, I would say you need to see Thor 3 going into Infinity War. Sure. I, I think they're going to introduce a lot of things in Infinity War that from this movie that are, like, Bucky's going to come back. Um, the Soul Gem, I think, is going to pop up. I mean, I think there's going to be a bunch of stuff that happens that, like, if you didn't see this movie, you're going to be like, what? Why? Are they, why? What's going on? I think it's. I think. I think so. But it should. It will we'll be important. I honestly like the stuff with Bucky. I thought was going to be more connected to the film. I'm okay with it not being. But one thing that does sell for me, I was kind of wondering where are we going to get another arm for Bucky? Claw's arm. Well, no. no. I think that'd be awesome. They take Claw's arm and rebuild it. For well, sure. They never really answered that. Like Claw says, "Oh, I got it from the Wagandans." <laughs> But whenever the Wagandans saw it, they're like, uh, what is this? So, like, as far as where it came from, hmm, I'm saying there's no answer. Either he made it or... He's not smart enough to make it, Rob. Forrest Whitaker made it. I don't know. Forrest Whitaker wouldn't... (laughs) No. No. But basically, the thing for me was they have the tech to make a new arm. Oh, yeah, they definitely have the technology to do it. I'm just saying that technology wasn't their technology. I also wonder... Like I want to find some weird writing way for Claw to be alive. I don't. I just. I don't know why. Let's talk about how. Like just the quick last thing about it. My last note on the movies. Okay. Andy Circus got yoked for that movie. <laughs> you do. He is like, pretty big. Wow. Yeah. The dude. The dudes. Whoever their their physical trainer people were for that movie, Michael B. Jordan, like all of them, they were just like. They were yeah, all. They were all they're they're stacked. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> with, with the exception of, uh, of, of, her, of her friend in there. Gosh, I can't remember his name now. Forrest Whitaker? Forrest Whitaker. He, he was the only one who didn't, he didn't have to take the workout. Because they made work out his eye. His eye looked awesome. Quit. <laughs> Compared to normal, I'm just saying. So let's talk a little bit about Infinity War. You've, you've already said that what you think is going to happen. Would I say, oh yeah, they're gonna kill off Iron Man to re- recast him? They might kill Iron Man, Cap, and Thor and recast all of them. Yeah. Take that, everyone. I I do expect Iron Man and and maybe Cap to die. To tell you the truth, I don't know what you do with Thor. Thor is now a movie construct only. He does not connect back to the to the comic universe at all, unless for some reason they trap that power back in the hammer and they give him back the hammer. I do expect his eye to come back, but that doesn't necessarily mean it will. We've seen shots already where his eye's there. Does that mean anything? No, it doesn't, because no. it's a CGI cover. So well, Yeah, they right. they put his eye in 
in the trailers. All the trailers for yep. Thor Ragnarok has his eye. Because they didn't put the patch on him. The patch is the CGI part. Well, they even put the lightning in his eyes yeah. in the trailers. That's true. So they were hiding that pretty straight. Is is Marvel, is Captain Marvel before the first one, or it's no. after the first one? No. It, Mar- Captain Marvel's until 2019. Yeah, it's, she's, she's going to Oh, so she's going to be well mm-hmm. after. She'll be before the second one. The second Infinity So she might movie. cameo in it, mm-hmm. I guess. But, I mean, it, it is possible that they kill all three of the original Avengers. I think they're going to kill everybody. I think it's going to mm-hmm. end with the death of everyone in the Marvel Universe, because that's how... Who still has contracts... Well, Infinity Gauntlet oh, ends that way. It, <laughs> That's true, Bucky. Like, one of the one of the issues of Infinity Gauntlet, Thanos kills everyone. Mm-hmm. So, I think if you do that, you are going to really, really alienate your film audience because the film audience is not as connected to a cliffhanger. When it happened in the comic, yeah, it was shocking, and then they brought them all back, and we kind of went, "Oh, okay." In a movie, you do that, and you bring them all back, it's going to be like Death of Superman. Breaks everyone's soul. It could be the thing that breaks the the superhero movie bug. No, that's going to be Teen Titans Go. They already said they are doing it. <laughs> well, That's right. I forgot. <laughs> Dang it. They're, the, they're going to be uh, the downside. But like, I, I think if you kill everybody, you, you're going to have ramifications that will affect the ongoing well, fans coming to your movies. Well, I- Going back to your Captain Marvel thing, that's going to take place years and years before all of this stuff. It's supposed to take place in like the 1980s. Like her movie? Yeah. Well, if that's the case, uh, if she's not in this movie, it'd be surprising. Well, there's a lot of shots of her already, so. Yeah, but as soon as, they, as soon as they announce the girl's name, you start seeing stuff show up with her face yeah, on that's it. That's true. So. And I mean, let's face it, like Star Wars is a five year process a lot of the time. Everything's right. shot well before any of the special effects are finished. Um,. But I, I, I don't see them wiping out the Guardians. Well, the Guardians are basically replacing the X-Men, so I guess that's a loose fit. I th- I, th- I really think they're gonna, he's going to wipe out like Mistress Death. Like He's going to kill everyone. And it's going to be... She showed up in Thor Ragnarok, basically. She's basically the Mistress Death. Are you talking about the sister, Hela? Mm-hmm. She's going to play uh, Mistress Death's character, and he's going to... Uh, is she is that announced that she's playing that part? She's eh. in it. She's in it. Eh. I don't know if she'll play as Mistress Death. I think she'll she's be replacing that character. She has the look, I guess. I think she's going to have to be a reluctant hero. Mm. He's going to kill everybody for mm. her because he's in love with her. Eh. It's possible. That's bad taste in my mouth. So so far, they've done very well, and they have. It seems like this was this was the plan. I I'm actually more worried when they're done with Thanos, as to where Marvel's going to go, because I mean they've actually been very smart in their build up to Thanos. They're going to do it great. They're going to do it right. I don't have any issue. I don't I don't have any doubt that it's going to be good. I think. Well, just... for for me, I think that's the end of the story. So stuff after. I don't. I don't know what you do. Well, clearly, Captain Marvel's afterwards. They're going to do origin stories. You know how DC did the thing when they made Justice League, and then they're going to tell origin movies afterwards. Marvel's going to beat them to it. No, they're just going into Phase Four because they have same thing. I, I guess. I guess it's impossible. Hopefully, hopefully they have planned. I mean, I I would imagine they did. I just. I mean, this is this is their big thing. So hopefully, hopefully after this, they have plans to go on because I I still want to see superhero movies. So. We'll you know, it is a big question, like, 
what's the next step as far as a giant thing? Because Thanos is a pretty big deal. Well, at least they're acknowledging that, and that's what I like. I mean, you know, when we were looking at Justice League, everything on the table said, oh, it's going to be Darkseid. And I'm glad it wasn't. Unfortunately, Steppenwolf was terrible. But at least they, they know, like, this is a cosmic-level threat, so it has to be big. Now they have gotten the license back for Galactus. Well, at this point, while that is still on the table and the money has been spent, the actual merger hasn't been approved yet by the whatever powers that be to keep monopolies from happening. Mm. But does that mean anything? Because I would say it would just like when Miramax was a thing and we'll have a subsidiary drive the boat and they'll all be able to play together anyway. But until that stuff actually happens... It's all still sitting in limbo. Like, yeah, the money's been spent, and yeah, the agreements have been made, but at this point, it hasn't been approved. You say, well, why wouldn't they? Well, the danger of them becoming a monopoly is the only reason. And as far as the rest of it's concerned, I could easily see them realigning things company-wise, but Marvel, when you, when you think about Marvel Studios, you don't see Disney logos on those, do you? You don't need to. Why do you need to? Well, you don't. That's what I'm saying. Is if you if it's Disney buying Fox, if Marvel Studios becomes its own entity, kind of like um, what's the uh, Pixar? Kind of like Pixar did for a minute. Whenever they decided not to be part of Disney and then realized that that's where the money was, I could see it working there. But at this point, I'm still saying that's a couple years away from that being a thing. So after Thanos is over, five years down the road, then yeah, I Galactus, sure. I don't see why not. But as far as pieces, like, there's not that many other Omega-level threat class things out there. Well, not that I have the pedigree. I think they're, I think they're going to have to do a cliffhanger on this one to make it the rest of it work. I think yeah. that that's why it'll be... I, I think a cliffhanger is good. I think a cliffhanger where you kill everybody, death of Superman, man. Could be could be disastrous, but that's that's just that me. Superman, Nick Cage, <laughs> or the Both. comic book because the comic book was highly successful. Well, it was until he came back, and that was even more successful. Than, no, had yeah, they huge never sold backlash. More, they never sold more comic like Superman comics than ever before when he came back. Yeah, but it's continued to decline ever since. It was declining before that. That's where they killed him. Declines faster. They actually killed him because the wouldn't they, they couldn't have the marriage in the comic because the TV show was doing so well. That's true. Yeah. The, yeah, the, them being married, they couldn't do it because the show was already doing it. Yeah. That was years before the death. No. That was actually happening right at the time. At the same time. That's actually the whole reason that they did the death of Superman. They wanted to have Lois Lane and Clark Kent get married, and the TV staff said, oh, we're going to do that in this next season. And they've always had a guy on the staff who, who just, like, every time there was a bump in the road with Superman was like, ah, well, let's just kill him, and he was always joking. But they kind of went, well, yeah, no, let's do that. They never intended for Superman to stay dead. The problem is the fans didn't know that. Fans took it as, like, oh, he's, he's really going to die. And so did all the people who just jumped on because, oh, this book's going to be a million dollars and I'm going to put my kids through college with this. They thought so, too. The faith in Superman has, has continued to decline ever since that, ever since the return. So, I mean, like, for, 
that that's the fear for me is you know you do this and you bring the next film they come back out well now death doesn't matter why even bother caring about what happens in these films you know but, I, I don't have you, any say in it but obviously it explain, but it explains the infinity gauntlet and how powerful it is and that's that's the point well i mean even if you kill cap iron man thor in part one and you have a resurrection in part two, you still do, because their deaths will be felt so big, but it won't be everyone. But, yeah, I can see it either way, but I don't. I think that if they kill all of them at the end of it, the distaste between time is the problem, because you have the first part come out this year, and then you have a second part come out, I think, next year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a whole year worth of, are you kidding, with the death of everyone? And, like, the idea of think Deathly Hollows and all the two-part movies that have been happening in these franchises, that's too big of a bump in the road, mm-hmm. I think, for general audience to be okay with. Yeah, they also said they wanted to make sure that these two films stood on their own instead of having to stand together. Now, that was, of course, two years ago right. that I said that. So Yeah, that's true. Back when they didn't have a, a subtitle for the film. So. Yeah, with that in mind, the idea of the entire slate being wiped, unlikely. I could I could see you leaving it as one thing with you killed off Cap or you killed off Thor or you killed off Iron Man simply because you know that's not going to stay that way. But as far as a movie, yeah, if they're supposed to be standalone worthy. I do remember that actually. Now that you say that, I remember them talking about that because well, it was supposed to be Infinity War one and two, and now then they're like, well, the second one aren't name yet because yeah. it's going to be. It's gonna be far. It's gonna be farther from that. It's not gonna be a straight up sequel. Blah, right. Blah, but well, maybe it wasn't part one, part two. Because yeah, initially it was. Who knows? Infinity War one do. and two. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, that it makes a convincing story. It goes along with the storyline. But you know, it's kind of like. It's kind of like with Civil War, and people heard that Spider-Man was going to be in there, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Spider-Man's going to take his mask off. It's going to be awesome." <laughs> like it doesn't have the same impact. <laughs> no. In this case, it would have the same impact. It might even have a bigger impact. But the reversal would have, I think, a much more negative impact. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Take that, Rob's beliefs. Maybe you're wrong. <laughs> okay, so what did you learn today, Rob? Uh, I learned that I like the Black Panther more than most people here, I guess. That was weak. Josh, what did you learn? <laughs> I learned that this movie would have been way better had The Rock been Black Panther. <laughs> Bring The Rock into the Marvel U. Pure gold. The Rock is pure box office gold. That's not totally See true. See Jumanji. <laughs> Jumanji was good, but then there's that whole one about the Santa Ana, and that's... I don't, I don't know about that being Sa- good. San Andreas? That's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. Rob, what would you learn today? I learned in lieu of a fancy suitcase, you can just go ahead and put things in your pants. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> but that means that Ulysses uh, Lu- Plop pulled out the vibranium right out of his pants, oh. right out of his pants hole. Okay, okay. Wow, man, that was... Come on, man. You got to see the movie. Stay, stay, stay with, with us. Wow. I kept this vibranium warm. <laughs> <laughs> now it's weird for you. <laughs> That's that was, real, that was a really good one. Wow. There's a lot of kinetic energy on this. Be careful. Uh, fantastic. Man. <laughs> oh, Rob, what did I learn today?
You learn from Star Wars that you can be a slave as long as you have a job. You can be a wage slave. <laughs> you don't know if you got a bomb in your head. Have you ever been off planet? Could be. <laughs> it's true. I haven't been off planet. It could just explode at could any time. Very well explode. That's what I learned from Wada's Garage. Thank you, Star Wars. That <laughs> <laughs> <It> wasn't. <laughs> Man. Okay. Uh, it does make my cheeks hurt, though. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. Um, okay, well, we're going to wrap it as far as books. Re- if you want to know books you should be looking for, refer to the beginning of the podcast or to last week's podcast. Or the week before that's podcast. Well, Or the week before that's podcast. I mean, he's got a point. There's, there's a few of them. There's a day. There's a day. 105 of them. There's a bunch to pick from. Or just come down to Top 5 Comics and ask, geez, it's not oh, that big of a deal. Man. It hurts my soul. Tiki? I'm not going to say that. Tiki! I still don't know what that means. I'm not going to ask. Tiki! <laughs> 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 